When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dave from Husk Guys. What's up, guys? Happy to be here. <laughs> That's it. Woo, oh, that you want me to do the full one? Oh, Lord, coming in hot. <laughs> oh, okay. So the hot take. You want me? To, we're going right off the right off the top rope. Then, go all for right. It, so go the, for it. the Kool Aid coming in hot. So last time we were on, what we're always committed to is the offseason national championship, right? The season ends. We finish three and nine, pretty close to the bottom, if not the bottom, right? As the Vegas odds come out, we have climbed all the way up. We are now the second best odds to win the Big Ten West at plus 250. And our work will not be done as offseason national champs until we are the favorites to win the Big Ten, which we expect to do by August. So that is the hot take. We will be the favorites to win the Big Ten by August if we keep pumping the Kool-Aid. Welcome to the Fan Forum. I'm your host, Honky. What's hey. up, Honky? How you doing, buddy? That was a great kickoff. I forgot. That was like that was only a few months ago, but that was a great uh, a great lead-in. Yeah, only a few months ago, but th- things have changed, right? I mean, we were talking just before here. You you've moved. You're in a new city. We we can maybe talk about that a little bit. But you've uh, you know you've had your changes. But even since then, Nebraska, we've steadily moved up. I think we'll have a chance to talk about this. But uh, first off, just how you doing? Yeah, it's good. Well, it's yeah. I mean, right off the top rope, if that's where we're going, like we got top twenty-five votes, completely unwarranted. So we're like, that's like exclusively just on like pumping Kool Aid. We're second, you know, we're second in the Big Ten, projected by Vegas. Mm-hmm. And we got top twenty-five votes from Brett McMurphy. Thank you very much, Brett. Like, I can't stand most of his takes, but I'll take that one. So that's a good we'll, one. So like, we'll take it. Well, the, yeah. the whole purpose of the fan form, I, I I had you in mind actually when. I kind of came up with this format and let me show you a couple of our upcoming episodes here. You're not the only one, but you are the ideal candidate for what the fan <laughs> forum is about. So um, tomorrow night uh, we have Dr. Rob Zaska, Doc Talk Sports. He'll be on the fan forum uh, on Monday. Ravi Mahapatra, uh, Lincoln East assistant coach, and he grew up next door neighbors with Dr. Tom. He'll be on uh, as always. HailVarsity.com slash subscribe. Use Redcast at promo code and you'll get $10 off your annual subscription. Uh, Redcasters, are you looking for a career change? Uh, check out FSC Edge. You can find them at www.jobs at fsc.com. Uh, Alumni Hall, they have the two Lincoln locations downtown on P Street and then South Point Pavilions behind uh, the Barnes and Noble. And I've got one of the Adidas, where, yeah, there we go, the Adidas official hat they sent me in the mail the other day. And they also sent like the coach's polo. I was wearing that the other night. Oh, super sweet. Um, but I'm not wearing that tonight because I'm wearing my Go Big Red Cash shirt, which you can get from Smack and Smooch Custom Shirts and Specialty Items at Smack and Smooch on Facebook and Twitter. Also use their QR code here. And we have a special one here. And I'm going to send something out tomorrow on this. But uh, the War Daddy Up t-shirt. And check this out. I mean, this is this is sweet. Uh, Dave, you're going to be getting one sent to you. Um, the Smack and Smooch people, uh, we'll have a link where you can buy one of these yourself. But, again, 
custom shirts, specialty items, anything you need, the koozies, all that stuff, go and give them a call too. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, this is a, like I said, to, to kind of get back to what the fan forum is all about. This is just fun, you know, Kool-Aid drinking kind of things. And we asked four questions. Uh, why are you a Husker fan? What is your favorite Husker fan memory? Who are your all-time favorite Huskers? And then uh, how do you think the Huskers will do this year? But uh, before we get to that, before we get to the actual questions, let's just let's just chat for a second. What what's happened here, Dave? The last couple months. I mean, you are the captain of the off-season championship team. You are the most followed Husker <laughs> account with Husker top plays and Husker pictures and random Huskers and 1990s Huskers. Follow all of them, Redcasters. But what has happened? Your goal is always to 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 do the unthinkable. You know, we go three and nine, but we're going to be preseason number one. And we've kind of seen some of that start to play out a little bit, you know, at least with the national narrative. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, this one, this this offseason has been interesting. I was thinking a lot about this um, leading up to this compared to last year. Like, I think you and I both coming and going into last year, you know, the sales were kind of out a little bit because you're like, oh, God, like what's going on going into last year? We pumped as much Kool-Aid as we could, but it was sort of like the same team. You know, it was like the exact same team going into last year. And but this this year's it, it's it's had enough elements that have made pumping the Kool Aid easier. You've got mm-hmm. some dynamite transfer portal additions, right? So you got O'Shawn, you've got Casey Thompson, you got Trey Palmer, you've got all these guys that are coming in that are pretty electric. All of the new coaches, um, which gives you enough newness that you're like maybe you know Whipple can bring some of that magic and Mickey Joseph can bring some of that magic. So I think a lot of those changes made it enough you know enough of an interesting change for this offseason that made the momentum kind of carry itself and obviously we're doing our part to like you know just keep everybody fired up and excited for the year uh <laughs> i hate the banner but yeah i think it's i think that you know the transfer portal the coaches like a lot of movement of the offseason i think has helped because it wasn't as you know last year was a little bit stale right you're like you're coming in you had fourth year adrian you're like can he can he turn the corner you know, and he couldn't. <laughs> so now, but now you at least got a fresh start. You got Casey, you got Trey, mm-hmm. you got, you know, all these guys, um, brand new position players. On, what is it? 35 new guys now. So um, mm-hmm. yep. 35 new, is that right? 35? Yeah, 35 um, new guys either portal or through traditional recruiting means. But yeah, it's to your point, that's more than a third of a team uh, that, that has changed. And, you know, for, I mean, anyone that's on Twitter knows who Husk guys are. So this is <laughs> this is geared more towards anyone that that follows us that maybe isn't on Twitter for for some reason. But uh, you know, every day on Twitter is like a whole new experience for twelve hours you know, during yeah. the day. It, it is, and you made a reference. It was, I think it was when um, Sam McEwen posted that one thing about uh, uh, Mickey Joseph said, "Hey, go talk to Coach Frost," and he didn't say that, and it was like a whole big to do on Twitter for about the course of a an hour or so. And then you were, it was awesome. You know, I was DMing with you and you're just like, there's some guy that just got done with work, showed up at six o'clock, went on Twitter, never saw any of that stuff. Didn't go through any of the yeah. the, the highs and lows and had no, no issue. No big deal. I mean, and like the people that live on Twitter all day and really like, really get into it. I mean, like the, the highs and lows, the roller coaster of a Husker Twitter fan or a college football Twitter fan is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's like the, the thrill of it. Right. That's part mm-hmm. of like, I love it. Right. I think I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't love every day of it. Like I've been running Huskies for 12 years now, which always kind mm-hmm. of shocks me every year that passes. And like every year, you know, there's a the little bit of like, Oh man, maybe I'll stop this. But, like, no, nah, I love it. I'm like completely addicted to it. And I love the drama every day. It's amazing how much drama is within the, like every 20 minutes. Like I wake up every day and it's like you buckle a chin strap and you get ready to go battle some trolls. Right. It's like mm-hmm. every day is like a new day. But I do think like, if you're talking about like, 
you know, mental health and wellness and like living a normal life, you should probably not be on Twitter and you should probably just like read the news like a normal functioning adult, you know, but I'm not, you know, I'd rather just like <laughs> sit there and like battle people. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely the, the folks who are in the battlefield are in the battlefield and it's like uh, only the strong survive. Well, Dave, tell us a little bit about Huskies. How did you get started with Huskies? And like I said, you are the, the most followed Husker fan account now and Twitter and how did it evolve to where it is now, which is a huge following with Huskies by itself, over 30,000 followers, but then probably, what, another additional 20,000 at least between those other accounts, and those are growing really fast now too every day. So you've only had those around for like a year or so. Yeah, yeah, and uh, now I'm hot on uh, TikTok now. I'm hot with the young kids. Oh, are so that's you? That's been really? kind of fun. Yeah, I'll have to tell you about that one. That one's a okay. trip. So go follow Huskies on TikTok. That's been like – I've been like going viral and stuff. Like I don't even know what's going on. I'm so like out of the loop on TikTok, but – uh yeah go big ready is a great dude he's been helping me a ton yeah um, he was, oh he's yeah he's like awesome. huge doesn't he have like uh, he's 150,000 followers on tiktok it's unbelievable so i'm learning from him on tiktok he's learning from me on twitter oh, um man. but yeah i think i even like you know this is your first question is like how'd you become a husker fan and then that kind of leads into to um to husk guys in in general right so the, the why are you a husker fan you know so i was born in 87 and I think that context is important. Like I was born into a Nebraska family. My, my, my grandparents, great grandparents, like we've had season tickets for a hundred years um, to Nebraska games. So it's been on our blood, right? My, my dad went, my grandparents went, my dad's two sisters. And um, so grew up going to every game, watching every game. And like any kid in Nebraska, it's like a religion. So, mm. um, you know, I think it's definitely like a by birth, right? It's like a baptism by birth thing, but um, being born at 87, you know, I had such a privileged upbringing because the first games I remember are really 94. So I was seven years old, six and a half, seven years old, 94. So that, that's what I usually tell people. And they're like, why are you Nebraska fans? Like, well, you know, I was born, I was born there too, from 94 to 97. Like, you know, as a seven, the first four years of my formative years of watching football, we only lost once. So like, that's amazing way to like grow up as a child, mm-hmm. right? Like from your, you know, I just like, oh, Nebraska just wins all the time. And I also love the Chicago Bulls because of Michael Jordan. So, you know, in a six-year time frame, the Bulls had won six and Nebraska had won three. And it was just like, ah, like all my teams just win all the time. So that was like, you know, I think that's a, that's an incredibly like awesome and privileged way to like grow up because you're just like completely spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, you're spoiled with with sports and fanhood and winning championships. And I think that gets into your blood for a long time. And that's, uh, you know, flash forward, that sort of, is where Huskies started was um, I always had that every, I go into every game, every season thinking, you know, naively, you know, (laughs) intentionally, naively, whatever you want to call it, that we're going to get back to that. And, you know, I love having that sort of endless optimism for it. Uh, And I think I had that in my blood because I was born into that. And so like with, Mm -hmm. with the founding of Huskies started right as I came out of college, 2010. Um, And that's an interesting time period to even look at because, that's right in the height of Bo Pelini time, right? So like mm-hmm. 2009, 2010. And what I saw in like the, the gap in like the media marketplace is like people were really down on the team right around 2010, 2011. Like it was coming off the 2009 season, which I mean, it was obviously a phenomenal season, but there was a big like, you know, Bo can't win the big one. And like, he's just going to lose to like top 25 teams, which he inevitably would end up doing. Mm-hmm. But I, I still had that gap of like, nah, this, this year he's going to turn the corner. Like this year it's not going to be nine and three. It's going to be 12 and 0. And so that's really like where Huskies started is like, what if we just brought this endless optimism and created an entire like Huskies name around us? So my brother and I started it. We continue to run it to this day. And that's, that's really like the, you know, I, I would say like the thesis that we started on is like, 
everybody's so down and like kind of the media is always like tearing the team down and saying Bo can't win the big one. But like, what if we flipped it and we went and saying we're going to win? And, you know, the, the fans and the trolls were there too. They're always like, no, oh, like Bo's never going to turn the corner. It's always going to be nine and three. You know, they were right. But like, it's no fun to be right. I'd rather like, you know, go into it optimistically. And so, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I love it. I'm addicted to Twitter. It started really as a blog, um, mm-hmm. a blog and a Twitter and Facebook and Twitter kind of took off more than the other ones. Um, and so that's sort of like, you know, and it's, it's a lot easier with a day job to do Twitter than to be writing every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things have, you know, continued to grow. I think in the last year where I started to launch a bunch of other new accounts and yeah, everybody should follow Huskers pictures and random Huskers and 1990s Huskers and Huskers gambling is, um, you know, I just realized there's like this insatiable appetite for, for Nebraska football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by creating sort of like little niche sites across the board, you know, you can opt in and, and, and follow 1990s Huskers and just relive the glory days, which is what I just wanted to do. Like, I just wanted to do it for myself. And I was like, if I could, like, sit here and just watch Lawrenceville highlights all the time, I'm sure somebody else wants to. Mm-hmm. So I was watching them and I just started uploading them. And now they're, like, blowing up and, you know, they're getting tens of thousands of views every time I upload to Lawrence Phillips highlights. So um, some of it's just, like, what I want to be doing. That's... And then, I, and then I'm sure somebody else wants to see it. And that's, like, that's literally my entire brain is, like, I like this. Somebody mm-hmm. else should probably like it. And then I post them like, oh man, 10,000 views. There we go. People are into it. So um, that's that's the key to success right there, right? I mean, you want to, you want to create something that you'd want to watch. I mean, that's what the red cast is at the end of the day. It's like, I don't care if we get 3000 watches and listens or three, it it really doesn't matter. It's like, let's create the show that we want to have. And if people, if it works and people follow along, that's awesome. And if it doesn't, then we're still having fun doing it too. It's the stuff we were going to do anyway. So it really doesn't even feel like extra work. We, we're going to, we're going to read all this stuff and follow all this stuff, whether we have a podcast or not. So, yeah, I, I admire it, man. I think it's like, I, I admire anybody that starts anything. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think for me, and I, I read something recently, it's like, are you, are you, are you a consumer or a creator? Right. And like, there's so many people, like, I think, you know, people scroll like two to three miles worth of like scrolling per day. I probably guilty of that too, but I also like to think I create and you create, mm-hmm. you know, you create content and you're like, are you a part of the creator economy or the consuming economy? And so, um, that ability to create that ability to make stuff happen, I think is, is, is fun. And that's what gets the creative juices going. It's, it gets like kind of the energy going. And, um, but yeah, it's like, it's just fun, right? It's like, uh, it's, it's what I love more than anything in this world. And every time I look at it, it's like, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing than engaging with Husker fans are the best people on earth. Well, there, you said the, you said the F word fun. And, and that's something yeah. that gets lost in sometimes fanaticism is that we're so into to the X's and O's and and getting into the delving into every reading, every blog and getting really deep into all the details. And sometimes sometimes I, I, I talk with fans. And I'm like, are you enjoying being a fan right now? Because you're, you're frustrated on every day or you'll be frustrated in April or you're frustrated in June or you're frustrated or, and you're still bringing up, you know, losses and, and things that it just doesn't sound like it's a lot of fun being a fan right now. Now, as a fan, no one likes losing. I, I'm a miserable guy on a loss, you know, and, and it'll never, by the way, that will never change. That never gets old. I will always hate losing football games, but I love being a Husker fan. I love everything about it. I, there's no, what, what I find fun sometimes is talking with someone who's not a Husker fan that kind of gets this impression that, well, how many games is it going to take for you guys to lose before you stop being that fan? Or when do you jump off and, and become never. a, you know, you're, when do you become an Ohio State fan because they're winning and you guys aren't? And it's like, never. That, yeah, that's not an option. There's like kind of a fundamental difference. So uh, I've now lived in um, a bunch of different cities. I've lived in Boston. I've lived in Chicago and I now live in um, Nashville. And the mm-hmm. 
I think when you have, you know, Nebraska, it's, it's what you have, right? You're, mm-hmm. You have, like, the only true, true, true passionate fanhood I have is Nebraska. Um, but I think when you're in Boston and you have the Patriots and the Celtics and you have the Red Sox and then you also can support college teams like Boston College or I went to school, like, you're able to deflect a lot more. You know, and you're like, oh, man, the Celtics lost. Time to watch the Patriots. Like, oh, man, the Bruins lost. Like, I guess we're going to turn the Celtics game on or the Red Sox game. Um, same with Chicago. We have the Bears, the Blackhawks, and, you know, the Cubs. But Nebraska's all we got, right? So, like, that's where it's like, you know, I, no matter how many games you lose or how bad the team is, it's like when you wake up in Nebraska, you're like, nope, this is what we got. These are our boys. Like, this is it. And so, you know, I, I think – uh yeah, it's like that. That's what makes it special, and it it makes it a kind of a special place where there aren't a whole lot of places like that, right? Like mm. Iowa's got multiple teams, and Kansas has multiple teams, and you know Colorado's got pro sports. Like everybody around us sort of has doesn't have that. Mm. Um, so I think that's what it's it's certainly unique to Nebraska that that's like that's it, right? Well, and and it's really unique here too because like even like let's say Iowa as an example, they have multiple teams, but it's not like Iowa fans if their season's going in the tank that they go, oh okay, I'm just going to become a Cyclones fan for the day. They're they're not going to do that either, right? What's so unique about Nebraska is think about this for a second. For four decades, we were by far the winningest program in college football, and we happened to be the least populated state in all of Power Five football at that time. We had less population than, than West Virginia. Now West Virginia has dropped below us, so they are officially the least populated state to house a Power Five team. Nebraska's second, but wild point, stat. <laughs> but, and so you think about that stat. We don't have the, that population base, right? We don't have any pro football programs or, or other pro pro uh, sports in the state. And then what's happened now too is in the last couple of years, the last decade or so, um, in other sports, we've actually had two division one schools rise up. Creighton has now w- worked its way into the big East and UNO through Trev Alberts made a, I, I mean, it was a, it was controversial, but it's turned out to be an, an unbelievable move for them. They've moved up to division one uh, athletics, but they don't have football. Yeah. Creighton doesn't have football. And this is a football state. And all the when you think of that, all the effort and the passion, the resources and everything come to one program, not even one school or one, you know, one athletic department. It's really one program. It's it's why we have Jaskers that, you know, these, you know, there's Jaskers that probably hate Nebraska basketball and maybe hate Nebraska baseball. I don't know, but they're Husker football fans, Husker football at its best, at its core, those those formidable years you talked about. At its core, what it does is it brings us together. It's the, it's the thing that's made me sad at times over the years is when I've seen Husker Nation be divided. Yeah. Um, hopefully hopefully we can play the roles that we play between Huskies and Redcast. The, the one thing I don't want is division within the fan base. We can lose games and be unhappy, but we're at our best when we're together. And You mentioned your formidable years. You were born in 87. I was born in 77, so everything's a 10-year difference. Yep. Here, but my first memories are 1983 and going for two and not getting it in the orange bowl 10 years later you're watching us probably miss the the, the field goal byron bennett and and starting that uh that uh, dynasty that we had um that's a great way to to uh be introduced into college that's football and, and husker football yeah. that's but I, that's I will say on that point on the fan base being divided like what i I've, I've realized and we've talked about this i i've realized i do certainly like i don't want to say i like the off season more than the season itself but i probably like the right, right way to phrase it is I like myself in the off season more than I like myself in the, in the season itself. Way. Right. Like I think I'm just like looser and having fun. It's like, you know, Nebraska can be whoever we want them to be mm-hmm. where it's like, 
oh man, yeah, maybe we, we might be, win the Big Ten. We got all these transfers, and like you know, there's all the hype and everything around it. I think the stark reality of the season mm-hmm. transforms you into this. Like, I mean, I remember when you came back from the Illinois game, and it was just like I thought you had died. <laughs> well, no, I, <laughs> so think, I think there's exactly. like I, I, that that aspect is like I'm excited for new content because I'm sick of like the off season, like we're digging in and like you know dissecting stuff, but I'm nervous for that like. It won't happen because we're pumping the Kool-Aid. But if there is, hypothetically, theoretically mm-hmm. speaking, that one loss that has happened and, like, it just, like, rips you to shreds, it's, oh, like, not it, fun. It's horrible. And I thought that was a great point. I don't know exactly how you just said it, but it was that, you know, you, you like your off-season self better than your in-season self. And I've had people that – we I've had people reach out and contact me and go, oh, geez, you know, Honky, I wish I had – you know, you have this good demeanor on, on the show and, oh, you, you know, I wish I could fan the way you do. And I'm like, Oh, you don't, you don't see there. <laughs> there's a reason we haven't done, you know, uh, instant reactions to games or the other guys on the red cast. They've seen my text messages that, you know, I, I hope have been burned, you know, during a game. I'm, I'm not a happy guy, but I don't want that happy, unhappy guy to be public. And, and, and certainly we, you know, we have the, uh, the, the public service announcement, the suit stay off of Twitter, which is intended towards that fan yeah. that wants to, Go and tweet at the player, tweet at the coach, you know, and and be very vocal about how upset they are, and and just at those moments, you know, I I'm not I'm never proud of myself in those moments when I'm that unhappy, but but I've always had the sense of to not go and you know just you know sometimes just be unhappy in a room. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully we don't have to be as unhappy uh, as many times here because we've had a really good off season. Yeah. Uh, so here's what's let me give you one before okay. you jump in before you jump into that. I think you'll appreciate this. So this is some of the learnings that I've had from launching all these different um, accounts. Mm-hmm. So like the Huskers pictures and the 1990s Huskers, like a lot of that is like, um, you know, me just wanting to go back into a place in my head. That's like, OK, let's find some happy moments and some moments of joy. And let's like talk about those and let's talk about those publicly. I think what's what's interesting about what I've learned through it, too like the ones that particularly like go viral, like you need like a kind of a three to four year gap um, from like people are like, people are loving like divine Osigbo. He was great, but he wasn't like, you know, an all American, like they're like loving highlights of like divine Osigbo and loving Taylor Martinez, the guy they destroyed for the four years that he was mm-hmm. here. Right. And like, so I think that's kind of interesting. Um, like, I don't know, an insight, right? Like everybody loves the nineties, obviously, but there's even a lot of things that I've been putting up, even in the Callahan era, that people are like, oh, yeah, I did love, you know, I, I love that guy. And you're like, oh, wow, like everybody, you know, so I, mm-hmm. there's an interesting component of, of Nebraska fanhood where there's like a, the last three to four years you kind of got to stay away from because people are like, we'll destroy you for those years or sure. in particular the last year. But and then the people who live in the moment who want to destroy Frost right now. But like there's definitely like once time has passed, people are like, I was there. That was amazing. I love that experience. And like there, there's moments of that joy that Husker fanhood does experience despite the struggles that I don't know. That's been an interesting like thing to pay attention to. Yeah. There's the, there's a lot of revisionist history that Husker fans will have over time. Uh, oh, we yeah. shouldn't have fired Solich. Well, if you go back to that time, there were plenty of people and plenty of reasons why people had in their mind, whether they were right or wrong. And, and history has not proven it to be a good move certainly. But the point is people over time, they think something and then, and then uh, 20 years later, they look back and go, ah, you know, yeah. I didn't think that. No, that that's what people thought at the time. I mean, you, you listen to, you know, people would say, oh, the Callahan era, everything was bad there, you know, bad coaches and all that. Well, I think Bill Bush is going to be a really good special teams coordinator. And I watched him at a coach's clinic back in 2005 and yeah. 2006 talk about special teams. So 
and I have I have reason to believe that he's going to be a really good special teams coordinator from what I remember watching him uh, talk to us about, um, in addition to what his uh, statistics as a special teams guy did. And there were other good coaches in, too. I mean, it, the, the whole point is is that sometimes you just need it. It just needs – things need to come together and work. Yeah. And um, it, I was watching a show on Coach Osborne just last night on, on public television here, and uh, he talked about those those five years, the 60 and 3 – was just that everything from the unity of the players to having really good athletes to all these things just kind of came together. All coaching staff that had a lot of institutional knowledge, as he talked to us about, you know, that uh, institutional knowledge within the coaching staff, all that comes together, and that's what created this dynastic kind of kind of era that we had. And I think what we're hoping right now, as Husker fans, is that the changes that were made, led by I think Trev at the very top and Scott working together. The, tri- the changes that have been made, the 35 players, like you said, that have changed the roster, the coaching staff that has changed, two of the three coordinators, we're hoping that the right moves were made without completely pulling the rug and starting over from scratch again. You take the best of what you got, you, you add these new com- you know components to it, and can it come together and not come, in, not come together to go 60 and 3 the next five years, but can it come together to to get us to bowl games, to be successful, to win divisions, and and that starts yeah. now. You win a division, then you. There's no point in talking about winning the Big Ten if you can't win the Big Ten West, or in our case, even be competitive in the standings in the West. You know, going into November, we've got to be this year. With you know, without a doubt, we have to be um, competing to win the West when November first turns on the calendar. That's that's for sure. Amen, man. Yeah. So let's let's talk about it. some of your your tweets here. Um, Rolls full tickets. <laughs> Vegas Jer in the house. <laughs> Vegas Jer, that's awesome. Well, so, you know, here's one of your tweets from three and nine to top 25 votes. The official offseason national champs hang the banner. That's awesome. And then today I enjoyed this one. Husker fans that grinded <laughs> through the entire offseason of coaching changes and recruiting drama, welcoming back the casual fan and its video of uh, the Titanic as she's walking back through all the all the crowd that I was. See, you, you know how to tweet right. I, I don't know. I'm, I've, I've worked my tail off sending all these tweets. And I get like five likes and you you know how to do it right. I could learn a lot from you. Yeah, it's. I mean, some of it's. I just spent too much time on it, you know, and that's <laughs> that's probably the problem. And like the some of that stuff is like, you know, there's there's certain videos that go viral, and my brain always goes to like, how does this relate to Nebraska football? Mm. Um, it's just how like that's how I view the world. It's like everything I view is like, uh, you know, how do, how does this impact Nebraska football? So it's like mm. the. T- the Titanic does that impact Nebraska football? But it's like that. I mean, that that Titanic, it's not a sign for Nebraska football. Yeah, that Titanic, Titanic video like cracks me up because that was like that's what we were talking about. Is like I, you know, we've been grinding every day for the last like nine months, and there's plenty of people that were just like you know hiking mountains and like enjoying their life this off season, and they showed up and they're like, "Hey, are we going to be good?" You know, and you're like, "What do you mean? Like you haven't." <laughs> you don't spend 60 hours a week like researching and like putting together like two deep depth charts because like, no, nah, I just watch the games. Like, oh, okay. What's that like? Is that nice? Is that good to not like stress about depth charts when like I'm not a coach and I'm not a player. <laughs> hey, Redcasters. I know the economy has been tough and are you looking for a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having a competitive stable history of over 20 years? What is FSC Edge, a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies? 
expert services, helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. And they support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the United States and Europe. You can work with fun people with great attitudes, learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer facing. You can dress just like me right now in your Husker tank top and your Go Big Red Cast hat. And you can work in a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. Job also comes with excellent benefits. Go check out available jobs today at www.jobsandfsc.com. Well, Redcast Rob is now uh, he's he uh, joined a little bit late. Now he's uh, producing in the back end. So anybody that is watching, uh, feel free to throw a shout out to Dave and uh, and Redcast Rob and get those things posted. Um, while we're on talking about Twitter here too, I have to show this. And this is it was one of those. Uh, oh my god, we tied. We actually, well, and we end up losing it. I think. Ah. And the point is, I, I'm so tired of these stupid polls, anyways. But, and I, I know I sent it to you earlier, Dan. Like, are, do you want to retweet it? If you do, I will. But I'm so, I'm, I'm like, that is the whole thing for people that are not on Twitter. Twitter polls are a big deal. No, <laughs> and like, and Nebraska terrible. fans are not allowed to lose one or something is, something is wrong. Or now, now uh, when Nebraska is on a poll. It's like there are all kinds of forces of people wanting to like. Well, there's a whole like Nebraska to lose I, one. I think that's and that's part of what like that's part of what breaks me during the season. Like, it doesn't probably bother me as much in the off season, but it, it bothers me during the season because everybody knows you can trigger Nebraska fans and people use us for engagement, right? That's what big yes. game boomer, big game boomer does that like constantly, right? He's like, yeah. how can I piss off Nebraska fans? That Reddit college football handle is like, how can I piss off Nebraska fans? Because they know. We're going to mm-hmm. latch on. We're going to retweet it like crazy. We're going to quote tweet it like crazy. People are going to go nuts for it and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe. How can you have – how can Nebraska not be in here? Big game boomer. He knows exactly what he's doing. And so, he just, you know, people just bait us. And then, in yeah. you know, you can ignore most of it in the offseason. But then, like, during the season, you know, after you've lost, like, that first game, and then they bait you, and then you're like, all right, here it comes. Here it comes. Like, okay, I'm going to have to, like – we're going to have to go for it. And, like, that's where I turn into a person I don't love. So I'm like, I have, I have to fight everybody. Like I have to, I ha- it's like my sworn duty to like to the Nebraska fan base. Like I have to fight every single person that <laughs> <laughs> comes after Nebraska. Oh, I give you so much credit for that. I really do. The, that is for me. It's one of those advantages of having, I guess, seven people involved with the Redcast. Is there a time like Boomer right now is is manning the the tweets and everything, and it's nice to have that. Now you you brought up your brother, and uh, he was on the, uh, one of the first shows when we were doing the when it was Mac and I, and we were just doing the a podcast. It wasn't, wasn't the video at that time. So that was several years ago. Tell us about your brother that you started this up with. Yeah, we got to get him back into this. Um, my brother's awesome. My best friend. I mean, we grew up really close in age. Um, and you know, he's two years younger than me, but he still lived through the nineties the same way I did. So, um, yeah, we jointly run the account. He's a lot funnier than me, you know? So like his in-game tweets are pretty, pretty epic. Cause he's, uh, you know, he's, he's just a funny guy. Um, and so, yeah, we sort of like, it's kind of a funny thing. Like we've never like, I don't know, we probably should come up with like a strategy. We don't really do it. We just literally like both own the logins and we just kind of both go at it. We have two very like kind of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a lot more analytical than me and tends to add in like a lot of statistics tweets that are in there. And I just go for viral videos and fighting trolls. So like it kind of comes together well where it's like, uh-huh. he's, He's a lot more, you know, balanced and rational as thinking. And I just, you know, tend to go for viral videos and stuff. 
That's right. Alumni Hall. They just opened up a sweet new shop in downtown Lincoln. I believe it took over one of the other shops. What shop was that, Honky? It was Husker mm-hmm. headquarters. They also have one at Hus- 56 and um, Highway 2. So yeah. there's two locations in Lincoln now. And yeah, and they just they just opened up there. And next time I'm in Lincoln, I'm definitely looking forward to going there and checking out this the store itself. You know, we we've we've gone around the Haymarket, checked out a couple stores there, but apparently this one is top notch and and you know, number one with all of like the actual licensed you know swag and everything. And I got my shirt there too, so a little Herbie Love going on and you know, rock and roll. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, again, that's alumni hall and you can also check their stuff out alumni hall.com backslash Nebraska. I think it is. And you can see all of the stuff to purchase from them through there. Cause they will send it to you in the mail each year. Approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer of those children. Nearly 30% will not survive. And many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning into the 10th annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Now back to our show. Percentage of Husky's tweets that go out from you versus him? Uh, probably depends. Um, he's a doctor, so he like, you know doesn't tweet while he's like seeing patients. At least I don't <laughs> think he does. Yeah, so I think there's <laughs> like, thing. but you know, you'll be able to, I don't know if you, you, it's, it's impossible for anybody outside to know what's going on. But like, I know, mm. you know, I know when he's got an off day, put it that way. It's like, Oh, Andrew doesn't have work today. Like, you know, here's 80 straight tweets. It's really like, uh, so, you know, it depends on the day. probably mm. depends on what's going on. But um, during the season in particular, during the game, it, it becomes like very cathartic um to have twitter i think that's probably what like always draws me back in is like the catharsis of like twitter itself Hmm. when it's like something good or bad happens and like the first thing you want to do is like engage with um you know the broader community because i think that's like a big difference too of like twitter nebraska fans versus like people on the outside it's like when something good or bad happens it's like you want to talk to the people who are like in the foxhole you know and like the people who are in the foxhole like you're in the foxhole like you know a lot of the guys Huskers, you know, Huskers MN, if you will, Jim in Minnesota. Jim in like, Minnesota, he's been on like, the show with us. Yeah, it's like guys, guys who are in the foxhole. Like you, you want to be like commiserating with them, mm-hmm. um, but I'm sure you do too. I get, I get a ton of texts from like random people. I'm like, stop bothering me. You know, like oh Nebraska, and like no, 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 this is foxhole only. Like this is only <laughs> like this foxhole only people that gets like commiserate with me. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that's that's where like you know, I, I think the catharsis of Twitter becomes pretty. Uh, you know, it can be nice. It can be frustrating, but find yeah, positives in it. For, for, for us super fans, and that's what I'll call us, and anyone super that fans. ends up on the, the fan forum is going to be someone I, I deem a super fan. Um, we're the ones that tend to get 82 text messages after a game, good or bad, and what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? And for us, again, that was another reason why between our group we started up a podcast because it's yeah. like, well, what what's my thoughts? Click on the link because yeah, yeah, yeah. done. I'm not going to respond to 80 people anymore. You guys um, have been killing it, man. I can't believe the guests you guys are getting on here. It's just like it's becoming surreal. I was listening to your simple thing, and he was like treating you guys like you guys were like like he was honored to be on it. I was like, what has happened to you guys? You guys went from like a from like this like ghetto like basement to like simple being like, thanks for having me on. Like, what is going on? Simple. It, it was so cool. And the simple show, which we did on Monday night, yeah, like Osborne coming on. You got like Zash. I was <laughs> like, what's going on? Happening, you guys, and, and Rob gets all the credit for that. Um, for getting Osborne on, but you know, 
Rob's even talked to some people where, where, um, you know, Osborne would give you 15 minutes or 10 or, you know, when he does like a radio thing and, and we got him for a half hour. And when we had sip on, he, he showed up right at the time that we were starting and <laughs> that's okay. Cause Matt got here like 15 minutes late. Uh, yeah. and who cares? Right. And I, I just asked sip, I'm like, you know, what time, uh, you know, what's your debt, you know, cutoff time, you know, when do we want to be done? He's like, oh, you know, I'm getting old nine, let's call it nine. And we're getting to nine o'clock and he's talking and he's not, you know, he, there's no end in that. And so I'm like, well, you know, we can, we can hurry this up. And he goes, no, 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 keep going. So we go to nine twenty, nine twenty five, And then when we got done, he hung around for like another 20 minutes afterwards. And we were talking, I mean, that's the kind of stuff like, to me, that's just a perk of the, of the deal. Or for, you know, for me, I, I've said this publicly a number of times, Mike Babcock was like the guy that me growing up, I just, I just love the guy. And so to be able to sit there and do a two hour Nebraska, Oklahoma, you know, full history with them, that will be retweeting again, Oklahoma week, but we did that about a month ago and that was just awesome. I mean, those are those yeah. are just unbelievable moments, but let's get to question two here. Uh, what is your favorite Husker fan memory? Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's like all of the nineties are, are like fit into that category of like incredibly memorable, but I will say like, you're kind of so spoiled through that whole period. Um, the one that's like my definitive number one is um, the Alex Henry kick against Colorado and the Sioux touchdown that followed. I was there at the game with my brother and my dad. So my brother runs account, my dad who's you know, lifelong fan. And um, that, that like moment, the kick moment is, is like, I don't know if you were there. Were you there? No, I wasn't. I was back okay. in Columbus. That was like the, it's probably the most indescribable moment I've ever been a part of in an in-person game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't even like, cause the, you know, it was, what well, was to knock Colorado out of full contention. It was like, um, you know, th- there wasn't that yeah. much on the line as much as there was just, I hate Colorado and it was hopeless. And you know, there, there's a sack and there's a penalty and like he comes out and you're just like, you know, it's over. I cannot believe this is over. And like the ball hangs in the air as long as it did, and like just was hanging forever and ever and ever. And uh, yeah, that one would go down, mm-hmm. you know, probably as a highlight. Um, it was added by like I um, played high school football against Alex Henry, and so there's a little sure. bit like because he played at Burke, um, yeah. So there's like the homegrown thing going on there too, and like I would say all of those things like made that a special. And then just being there, you know, being in person and being with my dad, my there, brother. There like, are... That was it. That was a big one. There are very few moments um, in Memorial Stadium that that have happened where where I'm like, oh, I wish so badly I was there at that one moment w- when I wasn't. One of them would be I wasn't there when Eric Crouch caught the pass in ninety two thousand one yeah. against Oklahoma, but I wasn't there for that that CU kick either. And the experience that you guys got in the stadium was very different than the experience we got watching it on TV. Because again, this goes back to me being so proud of my <laughs> I'm not proud of myself during games and. And we get sacked, like you mentioned, and we had yeah. two timeouts. And the at, at best, if we try to punt them down, we have two timeouts. They're going to run the clock three plays. We might get the ball back, and then you know, let's try it one more time. That was kind of the that's going yeah. into my head as we get into the uh, into the commercial break. And I'm just, but I'm just, I'm steaming. Like, how do you get how do you yeah. get sacked and all that? And then we had no time. They just they got done with the commercial, and all of a sudden, boom! Alex Henry's right there. Boom! He kicks it. So there was no time to like. I, it never dawned on me the entire time I was steaming for five minutes over, over the, the commercial break. It never dawned on me that we might be sending a kicker out. I just assumed yeah. that we were going to go for it on fourth and, and probably not get it or 
try to punt him down. Well, no, we couldn't punt him down because we called the timeout. That's what really got me stewing. I was like, now we can't. Now we now we have to go for it because we don't have a we don't even have a second timeout. I mean, that was uh, it was crazy. I mean, we were like at midfield, you know. I yeah, just, it was like. It, it and that like, was the other thing too. I was like, is, is Al Henry gonna punt it? Like, what is going on? Like, what is he gonna do with the ball? Like, it's clearly a fake, and he's gonna punt it. But like, yeah, that was the other thing. When it went it. to commercial, you lose track of where the ball was, and if you're sitting there in the stands, at least uh, you can say you're yes, just like you're watching it. And you're like, I, I in, in like, my no head, chance. I thought we were back at the fifty. I mean, I you know, in my head at that moment, and uh, God, that was that is that was just insane. I mean, that's yeah, that's an amazing one. I, go, I think that yeah, from here or from here to here in, in oh, three wait, seconds, wait. and then like you mentioned, Sue following it up with <laughs> that was icing on the cake. That's I mean, but just like the hugging and like the you know the celebration in our section, which like that level of joy and oh. euphoria from like you know yeah, you're you're saying like the lowest of lows. We just lost to Colorado, and we you know season over, we suck to like oh my god, I can't believe we just did it. Um, that was that was a euphoria mm. that I probably. That, that that's probably one of the highest uh, that's up there. And I then I'd categorize like it stuck out for me like what the moments I'd wish I'd been in the stadium. I actually would put the Michigan game from last season as mm-hmm. one of those. Um, I think that like that Ramir Johnson um, touchdown catch in particular, like being a stadium for that would have been pretty electric. Mm-hmm. I think I still would have like I'm glad I wasn't for like losing. Like I'd probably be like you know in the fetal position after. But <laughs> well, yeah, Northwestern that, that last game was year. pretty awesome. Northwestern last year was one of them that that I went to, and that that first thunderstruck. Uh, so, and that, hey, there's one of our viral videos was I did a thunderstruck, and then uh, with our Wi-Fi in the stadium, which for all the Terrible. work they did, it's still not good. But um, I remember it, it took like half a fourth quarter for it to actually upload. But once it uploaded, it just took off because nobody had seen it yet. You know, yeah. or, you know, in the tours world, the uh, that kick from um, uh, Henry. That was also in 2008, you know, and I, I don't know exactly when YouTube and everything was really taking off, but like that was one of those first viral moments that I really remember from Memorial Stadium of like, yeah. I'm starting to watch videos of people that were in the stands, video recording it from whatever their, their seat yeah. was. And then you just, you know, to hear the people going nuts and, and, and uh, you get that kind of, that kind of feel. Tyler Kai, the associate athletic director, friend of the Redcast, he's, he's going to love this discussion we're having right now because everything we're talking about is the, you know, we all have man caves in our basement and big TVs and there's all the reasons in the world not to go to football games, but there's no better experience than being in Memorial stadium, being at a college football stadium and in that environment when, when games are on the line and big things are happening. And when you're winning too, when you're doing that, I got my season tickets for the first time in in almost two decades now this year. And I can't wait. I can't wait to go to, to, to every one of those games. It's the best. Can't beat it. Yeah, I don't think that. I don't think that. I mean, no. I, there, there's nothing that beats in, in-game experience. I don't think there's. It, it'll never get beat. Um, I, I understand. I, I think I probably understand other sports more. Of like watching at home tends to can be better. Um, but Nebraska is one that I mean, especially with like the emotional ties that mm-hmm. you have to it, like all the traditions that we have. And like you know, we march in with the band. You know, we, we sit in the same section. We know all the people in our section. You know, they, they've been sitting there for 60, 70 years. So uh, all of those things are probably impossible to, like, describe. Um, and so that's where, like, the nostalgia kicks in every time mm-hmm. you get to go in. I've been to, to a, a ton of college towns, ton of college stadiums for games, sometimes not for games. But um, there is no – I 
I mean, I, I'm as bullish as it, as it comes on Lincoln, Nebraska on a fall Saturday. There's no better place that it's just, it is such a great environment. And football is one of those things where it is an all day thing. You know, I've gone to basketball games where yeah, I've gotten off of work, head over there, you know, tip off at six 30. Maybe we get one beer at a, at a bar across the street beforehand. But the, if you can, you know, if you even have time, football's not like that. I mean, you show up three, four hours early and you're, everything's involved with the day and, and, uh, and that's uh, that's a lot of the fun that I'm really looking forward to this year is being down there more than I have been in the past. So, yeah, um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Well, let's look at question number three. Let's do it. Who are your all time favorite Huskers? Uh, I mean, Tommy Frazier is number one um, with no comparison. That, and that's just 33 you know, my, and three. <laughs> yeah. 33 and three. My first favorite player of all time quarterback. Um, you know, I would say like after him. I put, you know, I put probably Scott Frost as number two. Um, I tended to go down to quarterbacks. I played quarterback in high school. And um, so I would say the, uh, you know, you go Scott, Scott Frost and then probably Crouch. But I guess I'd probably also like, you know, guys like Bobby Newcomb, like, especially as I start to like build out this 1990s Huskers account, like I start to look at these things. Mm-hmm. Like I loved Bobby Newcomb. I loved Brooke Berenger. I loved, um, you know, Crouch or Frost and, you know, that whole generation had just some amazing talent. Um, you know, I put Lawrence Phillips up there and, you know, you like can't say his name anymore. Or PLP people being like, ah, he's a blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't know, but he's an awesome running back. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on greens, phenomenal. So like, I, you know, most of my favorite players are probably in that 90s era. Mm-hmm. Um, just because those were my guys when I was, you know, uh, my forming, forming years. Um, so that's fun. You know, uh, yeah, Tommy and all the guys. Who's your favorite? Well, uh, I was going to just say with Tommy there, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's a, the only three-time MVP ever in national championship games. Three-time. Well, the first one he lost to, to uh, the Heisman, you know, winner, yeah. uh, Charlie Ward, still won the Heisman, or still won the MVP that game. Um, he was, there were a number of uh, publications at the end of the deck, at the end of the century, had Tommy Frazier as the, the quarterback of the century. I think one of I think it was USA Today, if I remember right. And I'm trying to go back to 2000, but they had him as the quarterback of the century, which is even more amazing when you look at the fact that his stats. He was a sub 500 passer yeah, career, and what that says is a lot of things. That you know, to be a great quarterback doesn't just mean you have to be a great passer. Um, that that certainly wasn't his suit, but he could make passes that some people couldn't make. I, I think of that Eric Alford two point conversion. That yeah. took a special kind of, you know, a, you know, 90 mile, 100 mile an hour fastball. Uh, he didn't know how to tune down that 100 mile fastball was his problem on other throws. But but he he was clutch and he was a leader. And and I can tell you what, I've, I've used this so many times. Last year, we came, we played Oklahoma in the first two games or first two plays. We come out and we, we have pre-snap penalties before we even snap it the first time. And all I could think of is. How would Tommy Frazier, if he was on the field, how would he have reacted to two of his offensive linemen jumping off sides yeah. on the road at, at, in Norman and putting you at first and 20? You, you yeah. would have – there would have been a public display of, of non-approval by our quarterback. And really, in cases like that, it's needed. And that's part of the, the leadership, too, that uh, um, you know, we need guys that can hold guys accountable and everything. Um, you asked me you know, some of my favorite players. Uh, I guess from the formidable years, Turner Gill right away was somebody that – I mean, I just looked up to him so much. Um, you know, you know, it's weird. In our era, we had all these great players, but I was on campus then. So, um, actually, someone that we're going to talk tomorrow night to, uh, Rob Zaska, that, that pipeline of guys that graduated in 94, that's the year before I get to campus. 
I'm more apt to look at those guys, yeah. you know, Stye. Um, when we did a, a tour of the stadium, Tyler Kai took Rob and Mac and I around the day before spring game, we ran into Reggie Cooper. And I was just nice. ecstatic. I was like, oh, my God, that's the dude. And, you know, we went we talked to, to Damon Benning back in uh, April and nothing against Benning. I love Benning's a great guy, but he was on campus when I was. I don't look up to those guys the same way that I do those guys that, you know, anyone that's from kind of that 93 to yeah. eight. I'm sorry, 83 to 93, 94. Era, those are the guys I, you know. I can probably name, you know, just about all. And Mickey Joseph. I looked up to him. You know, Mickey Joseph and Keith McCant and Jerry Godowski and Steve Taylor. And, you know, I go down the whole list and all the running yeah, backs that we would have had then. That stats thing I think a lot about because, like, Adrian is probably going to go down as one of our best statistical quarterbacks of all mm-hmm. time. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's like, I don't know what the right word is. It's a shame or whatever it is. But, I, yeah, I was like, I'll occasionally look at Tommy's stats and be like, he didn't like what's going on? You know, like he ran the option, he scored a bunch of touchdowns, but it was like, you know, they pulled him at halftime of like 80% of the games that he played. So he didn't put up numbers and his 50% passer. And, you know, but like you said, like, you know, the clutch gene that Tommy had is one Adrian never had. Like he just, he doesn't have, he doesn't have that killer edge. doesn't have that killer gene. He has like the, you know, every time the game's online, he fumbles, throws an interception or does something, you know, awful. Where like Tommy made it happen every time, yeah. every time. And I think that's like, you can look back at every game he played. It's like the Orange Bowls and the Fiesta Bowls. Oh. Like he made it happen in the clutch every single time. He was the guy you wanted to have the ball. So, like, that that's kind of like the indescribable traits of Tommy where you're like, you know, even those guys after Frost had it. Um, well, I was just going to say, it, Frost you, had mentioned, it. you mentioned two quarterbacks right away. You said Frazier and Frost. Nobody would accuse those guys or, or you know, give them credit for being great passers. Nobody would, right? Yeah. And yet, you think of that 93 game against Florida State – and we're putting a terrible, he's put in a terrible position with like eight seconds left to get on the field. Pretty much game's over. And he manages to throw an incredible pass right down the field, right down the middle of the Trumaine Bell to put us in position to kick a field goal. That's Tommy yeah. Frazier using his arm to put us in position. How about how about Scott Frost against Missouri? And for all the talk of the, the flea kicker to, to Davison, he gets the ball with what, like 67 seconds left? at his 30 with no timeouts and we have to do a, a, a two minute offense to get down the field, doing nothing but throwing the ball. How often do you think Nebraska and, and coach Osborne in 1997 is working on two minute passing drills? Yeah. And yet he came out and looked like a damn pro and throws the first pass right where it could only be thrown to Kenny Cheatham to start the drive, a nice 20, 30 yard <laughs> pass, get one foot into the, into the inbounds and, and it starts it up. And I mean, he actually, and he looks like he knows what he's doing running a, a two minute drill. That's, yeah. That's scored, Those yeah, are just scored, players. Those he scored players. the overtime. The overtime touchdown too. Yes. Which, you know, was like once you got to overtime, you're like, yeah, this is over. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, we're I know we're at some point right into the current season, but like that's that's just what we haven't had in mm-hmm. you know, call it ten years. And like that, like you get to overtime, you're like, Oh yeah, Frost's gonna win this game. You know, Tommy yep. Tommy's gonna win this game. Like they're you know, and Crouch had it to an extent, you know, the Notre Dame game and like a bunch mm-hmm. of other games that recently come to mind. Like a lot of those guys, you're just like, oh, like, just keep it close. They're going to win the game. And everything we've done the last yeah. four years has been like yeah. the complete um, opposite, the complete opposite. It's like, oh, man, we're within, we're within a one score game. And all those stats that everybody's talking about are like two and two and a bajillion in one score games. It's like at some point you got to get somebody. A Somebody, you know, whether it's the quarterback, you know, Amir Abdullah was someone that could win a game at the end, it, you know, catches yeah. that one pass. And I don't care if it was against McNeese State or not. He still had to break 18 tackles on one, and he did. Yeah. Or the the uh, 
the Hail Mary against um, Northwestern where we catch the ball, a lot of credit goes to the Hail Mary, but the play before it where Amir extends the drive, it was a fourth down, yeah. and he should have been tackled five yards short, and he found a way to get the first that even puts you in that position. Guys, individuals sometimes have to just make individual plays. The only time we've beaten Ohio State, in, and Ohio, it wasn't a great Ohio State Rex team. Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead and Levante David yeah. making plays. Levante David going in and stripping and, and getting the ball back. And, you know, those are the – you need guys that step up and make plays. And hopefully uh, – we're going to get to this season. In fact, this is a good transition to it. But hopefully this is one, this is one of my attempts at being, uh, you know, a, a viral guy, Dave. I don't know. I, we got some likes <laughs> off of this one. But um, I was, like, just thinking about how many Big Macs we're going to eat this season and uh, hashtag Big Mac sack attack and tag Oshan and Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner on it. And the whole idea is guys need to make plays at times. And, and I'm hoping that there's a time this year. And I think this gets us right into to, to question four. How do you think the Huskers will do next year? We need individuals like those three that we just mentioned, like uh, Casey Thompson, who's transferred in guys that have been here for four years, guys that have been here for four months. We need the combination of those, those guys to, to, to bring it together. We've got, there's, there's talent, but um, I'm curious, how do you think Nebraska is going to do this year? I mean, I, like I said, every time I'm on the show, like I truly, like I believe we're going to win all of our games until we don't. Like mm-hmm. every single game, every single quarter, I like, you know, that's just how I live my life. It's how I live my life, you know, to a fault. Um, so, you know, I think there's like, there's that blind optimism that I have um, that exists that you see on Guys. But then there's also like the, the merits to it. For me, it comes down to like all the new people that we've been talking about. Um, the new blood, the new coaches, the new players that are our playmakers, right? Like you just flashed mm-hmm. on the screen. Like, do we finally have a pass rush for the first time in five years? Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, that you can't like discount that. And our defense is baseline good. We have the best linebacker core, you know, the best linebacking core in the country. And you've got a pass rush on top of it. And then you add, you know, does Frost finally have his like actual QB that like can make things happen in Casey Thompson or Chubba Purdy. But I guess like the thing that like, I can't get past is right. You know, what probably has me most excited is not excited. is not maybe not the right word, but like our schedule is mm-hmm. finally for the first time, the first time in years where you're like, wow, we can or should win all these games. Mm-hmm. Like I think last year, like you, you, you went into the season. You're like, Oh my God, like we got Ohio state. We have Michigan. We got Michigan state. We've got like, you know, this is crazy. And then, and then we finished with Iowa and Wisconsin. It's like, you went into that season last year. Like, I can't believe we play Ohio state and Michigan who ended up both, you know, Michigan goes to the playoff. Ohio state's phenomenal. And, but this played year, five teams with 10, 10 wins at the end of the year. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. But we ended up playing, I think eight or nine top 25 teams that were at least yeah. top 25 when we played them. And Wisconsin was, you know, incredibly solid and I was solid, but like, and then you look at, you know, this year, Northwestern, North Dakota, like, you know, you, you have Oklahoma on there, but it's like Oklahoma with a new coach and mm-hmm. without their quarterback. And, you know, it's in Lincoln versus in Norman, and all Lincoln, that, right? you know, and like you replace, you know, Michigan state with Indiana and you got Rutgers and Purdue and Illinois and I'm, you know, scrolling through now in Minnesota. And so it's, but you know, you have to go into it with that cautious optimism a little bit because you're like, yeah, should we beat Indiana? Yeah, but has Frost lost Indiana? Yeah, like should we beat Illinois? Absolutely, but have we lost Illinois? Absolutely. So it's like the, yeah. it's like what kind of kills me a little bit is it's like, I think we've talked about this. Like Mike Riley would go nine and three with his schedule, right? Like, and he'd probably get obliterated by 
somebody, and which is why like the whole season wouldn't work out. But you're like, if Frost can just beat these teams, he's supposed to beat. Yeah, like, we we destroyed Minnesota in his first year, and now he's like can't figure Fleck out, right? Like that's the craziest thing to me of all time. And like, why can't we figure Iowa out? Like, why can't we figure you know, Wisconsin? The funny out? thing they, is, they haven't. This is Wisconsin without yeah. Melvin Gordon. This, this is, is the Wisconsin problem. without Wisconsin doesn't have Melvin Gordon. They don't have James White. They don't have mm-hmm. these like. But we're still losing every year. The, so the problem. Like, the problem is honestly, Dave. We've figured them out. It's not. It's not that we haven't figured Iowa out. It's not that we haven't figured Wisconsin out. The mistakes that we make, which some have been special teams. I mean, my goodness. You know, Iowa. The last three games have been one score losses. Right. Three years ago, we kick off and they return it for a touchdown right after we did a pick six and built some momentum. Two years ago, we had some momentum going into the – it was in the fourth quarter. We make a stop. They punt it to Cam Taylor-Britt, fumbles the punt, totally flips the field. Last year against Iowa, we haven't figured out. It wasn't like they were doing anything special against us. But – and by the way, when I say this, this is that's I'm not knocking Iowa. Kudos to Iowa for – they they returned the kick. They blocked the punt last year to score a touchdown on a blocked punt, right? They also got a safety on us. Mistakes that we have made and are caused by other teams too. I'm not, it's not that it's, I'm not totally negating it, but there are mistakes that Nebraska have made that have been so boneheaded at times or decisions that have been made that that, that leads to it. And that's the thing. When you, when you look at the schedule, I can look at the schedule and I'm like, yeah, I can see the same things you're seeing. It also, it's one thing when we, we've lost seven straight to Iowa. We shouldn't have. We've lost seven or eight straight to Wisconsin. That's more likely because there's been times where they really handed it to us. Um, we've lost seven or eight straight to Ohio State, right? But it that's one thing. It's the record against Purdue, Minnesota, Illinois, and Northwestern. That's sub-500 the last four years. That's That has to change. Because that's the thing. When we look at th- those four, we're like, yeah, those four are wins. And we'll beat Indiana and we'll beat, we'll beat Rutgers. And it's like, well, wait, we've, we've got to beat Purdue. We have to beat Minnesota. We have to beat Northwestern. We have to beat Illinois. And, and we've lost Illinois the last two years. And it's like there's absolutely no reason. But – and Rob, yes, the <laughs> UG, we we get it. Fix the mistakes. Nah, I, I think it's, I'm gonna. I guess it's like that's. I'll say it forever. You, you just, know, that's what. But that's what these changes were made for. The reason why you don't rip the whole entire you know carpet out from underneath and start over from scratch was that they are fixable mistakes. I don't think that systemically we're doing the wrong things. There's so many times over the last four years. I'm like Frost did the right move. That's the right change. That was the right. I like what he's doing with walk-ons. I like what he's doing with strength and conditioning. All these things. And then it just never equates to a win because we make some, we fumble it at the last second. We do something yeah. dumb. And so we fix the mistakes. I think that like, you know, and some of this is, I think we talked about a little bit the, on this, on the last pod and talking about like NIL <laughs> and how like, you know, NIL and like the overall transfer portal it has, it, it's giving us the opportunity to flip mm-hmm. the script and get us back to like that top, like where we came in at. And it kind of brings me back to even when we first joined the conference, like when we first joined the conference, like this is an unpopular take. I've never really liked the big 10. Like I just, I I love the big 12. I grew up with the big eight and the big 12. And like, I love those rivalries in that team. And like, I'm a nostalgia Mm -hmm. guy. I prefer those. And even like when we first joined the big 10, I was like, this conference stinks. (laughs) You know, it's like, my God, we're going to play like Illinois and Indiana and Northwestern, like all these teams stink. And we beat them like handily, right? Like every, you know, we're going to the big 10 championship game and like screwing up against Wisconsin. But it was like, okay, like it's going to be us, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio state, like everybody else kind of stinks. Um, so it's, it's, what's bothering me certainly lately is like, I hate that we go into like the Purdue game being like, Oh man, like Brom can throw the ball. Like, like, Oh no, like this, 
this should be 42-28. You know, and like Illinois, it's like we got to play good football. Like even Northwestern, it's like I'm nervous about this game because we've lost, what, two of the last four? Like, you know, we beat the hell out of them last year, but well, they always they, – you know, I think we're like 500 with them against like the last 10 years. So, like, I guess we – what would be successful for me this year is if we can at least flip the script back to the point that we're where we were in like 2011, 2012 when we first joined the conference. And it was like, sure. okay, yeah, you handily beat Illinois. You know, it's like – it's be careful what you wish for because that's what we had with Bo Pelini. You go nine and three and you beat sure. all the teams. But he handily beat all nine of those teams. And it's driving me yeah. nuts. And it's like, oh, here comes here comes Indiana. And you're like, oh my God. Like they don't even have a football team. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. What what I what I want to see, if someone says, you know, what do you, what do you want out of the program? Do you do you want uh, 2016 Nebraska? We went nine and four. Would you want that honking? No, no. Throw the record away for a second. I want a competitive team that is hard to play, tough to beat, that has uh, you know, local players on it doesn't have to be every position or anything like that, but there, there needs to be, there needs to be some Nebraska and Midwest flavor to it. And then of course, our, we're going to be a national recruiting team that comes along with it. We want to be a tough out. We want to be a smart team and uh, let, let's start from there. If we do those things. We're going to, the, the winds will start to take care of itself to some extent, right? Nine and four in 2016, when the, the way that we lost in those games, were just getting beat. Dave and I went to Columbus and watched us lose 62 to three. That's, that's just awful. I mean, that's literally that ruins a season. Um, Bo had some of those blowups too. And that was a problem, but there was some consistency that we had under Bo too. Think about our running game from Halu to Burkhead to Abdullah for over a course of seven seasons. There was a consistency. You talk about Purdue. I still, I've brought up so many times I'm blue in the face, but last year against Purdue, we have Yant going four carries for 50 yards in the first half. And it's just like, yeah, how many carries is he going to get in the second half? He's, he should get 20, right? I mean, they can't stop him. In fact, the only the only thing they stopped us was a pick six that they got in the second quarter when we were throwing, when it's like, what are you doing? Just yeah. stick to something. That's I, I know what I want to see already against Northwestern. I, I, I could tell you by halftime if I'm seeing what I envision us doing and, and if we're finding something, are you sticking with it? Are you being consistent? You know, if you're just going all over the board, um, that that's there's things that I, I know I want to see already by by half. Um, when I went to that Illinois game last year with Mac and Rob, but at halftime, and the record, they like, they like the, killed it killed Mac. Yeah, well, and it, it killed me. I mean, we were sitting there and Rob's sitting there going, "Oh, it's sixteen to nine, guys. It's a seven point game." We and then I don't care. No, 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 no. Yeah. What what got us? To, a game that should be 17 to nothing minimum, but because of mistakes became 16, nine, we, we can win the game. And, and if we do, we have way more things to fix than we thought we were going to have to fix coming out of it. And that's the thing right now in, in game one, there's already just, I have high expectations with what, with this team and with the staff of there are basic things that we should be able to fundamentally do very well right away. And that's what Whipple said in the press conference when he goes, more games are lost than one in the first week. And what he means by that is more times than not, you lose a game because you're jumping off sides. You're catching yeah. the ball in the end zone on a punt and throwing it over your head. You are, you know, you're, you're dropping the ball. You're, do, you're just, you're making mistakes versus let's get really good at 10 things. Let's do 10 things. Well, let's be good at special teams. If you do those things on, on week one, especially when you're t- playing a team that you have more talent than, and everyone I've talked to, including national guys that don't have a dog in the fight, they all we're more talented than Northwestern. Every recruiting ranking would say we're, we're more talented in Northwestern. So we should beat Northwestern if, well, we, if we don't hand that away. 
that's and I think that's partly what helped to build some of this offseason momentum and like the energy and the enthusiasm is like with the transfer portal and the recruiting class, the guys that are coming in, like we're playing a different game than all these teams that were like mentioning. Indiana's not playing NIL. They're not going for transfers. Illinois's not playing that game. Northwestern's not playing that game. Minnesota's not even really playing that game. Like Iowa's not playing that game. So it's like at this point, it's going to be a very stark reality of like, if we're losing, it's a coaching thing, right? Like, cause the chat, like, they don't have – Illinois doesn't have O'Shawn Mathis, right? Indiana doesn't – they're not able to play for Casey Thompson, like one of the best transfer quarterbacks in the country. Like, they, you know, Purdue can't get Trey Palmer. And so now we got – so it's like an all-star team of like some of the best players in the entire transfer portal that yeah. didn't even look at any of these other teams. So, like, if you can't pull it all together, then it's like a clear indictment on the coaching staff. And that's like going back to the original thing of like, is there going to be a division in the fan base? Yeah, but it's probably even for us being like – you can't defend the guy if you can't. If you put an all-star team together and you still can't win, it's like then we're like kind of then you're tipping into like a different territory. But I think he's going to. Um, I just, you know, I, I think he, you know, he he's going to will it to happen. Um, some of it's he's got to get out of his own way and let Whipple, you know, kind of take over the reins for a lot of the play calling and stuff. But mm-hmm. I do think with the attention to detail that that Bush is going to bring and Mickey Joseph is going to bring and Whipple's going to bring and all these guys that. You know, you just hope that they can cover some of his blind spots that, like, his boys, like, couldn't do for him. You know, I think, the like. Vegas year there. Illinois last year was, thresh- <laughs> was a threshold of hell. Ah, it's dark. That's a dark place. Well, you know, Redcast Dave said that on the show with, with Sipple the other night where, you know, he basically was talking about with the, the coaching staff and all the changes. You know, are we going to be, is there pressure on us or are we going to be the team that comes out there with nerves and. Yeah. Northwestern Dave's like, that's, that's the coach's job to not make it that way. And you know what? That's yeah. 100. He's 100% right. That's a coaching thing right there. And, and by the way, I'm confident in the staff to do this is that coach Osborne went 255, 49 and three in 25 years and never told the team we've got to win this game. Never yeah. once, never once. He, Charlie McBride walked into a locker room one time and, and Osborne was saying, we don't need to win this game. And he was like, what am I doing here? But it was, it was, we're going to set goals and we're going to do things. Well, we're going to, we're going to, meet our goals and if the other team beats you and you've done everything right you've you've played your potential and 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 you didn't make the big mistakes and so rob you can go and put the 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 big r don't make mistakes thing up again i don't care if you don't make the mistakes if you play a clean football game we win this game and if we're out there nervous and for whatever reason i mean one of the reasons you bring in 35 new guys that didn't experience all the the craziness of the last couple years is that they don't have all that funk in their head and so Play a clean damn game. If you do that, this is where we can start to talk about schedule for a second. Come back from Ireland with that victory. Play a clean game. Come back with a victory. And before I even mention teams, we don't leave the state of Nebraska again until October. Yeah. There is a bye week at the end of September. We come back and play two non-conference games before Oklahoma comes to Lincoln. Instead of us going there, they, they had two quarterbacks on their team last year. They don't have either of those two guys right now. Yeah. Um, if there's ever a time to hit Oklahoma, we have it. Uh, and then when we do go on the road, it's it's Rutgers and Purdue. And and we have Indiana. We can't look past anybody. We can't look past North, North Dakota. But Indiana, Rutgers, and Purdue, to your point, looks a lot different than Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State, who we've been playing nonstop for how many how many years. So you replace Ohio State and Michigan State with, with Indiana and, and Rutgers. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's an advantage to us. We have to take advantage of 
of yeah. that advantage and, and actually, you know, put them away. That's what we'd have to do at that point. But that first game is the first game sets the stage for everything. And, uh, and that's a, not putting pressure. I'm, I'm tired of the pressure talk. Yeah. You know, don't put pressure on these guys. Pr- I mean, look, man, there's pressure everywhere. It's like, go to think, Alabama, like figure go to, it out. Go to Tuscaloosa and tell me if there's not pressure. If anything, if there's, there's no pressure them. on this team. They went three and nine last year. Like all you got to do is win four games and you're going to be like, yeah. a, you know, heroic. So, college football. There's yeah. pressure. There's everywhere. plenty. I don't know. And that's what it's like. You know, if you, you categorize it as like what makes me nervous about the season, there's there's a bunch of games in there that's like if Frost loses them, it's like you don't even let him back on the bus. You know, it's like you lose to North Dakota, it's like, all right, man, like it's been good. You know, it's like you just can't like how do you even defend the guy that loses to like North Dakota? Like it's not going to happen, but you're like yeah. there's so many of those games on there that it's like I, it's like you just want to keep Frost on the bus long enough to the point that you're like – that Trev can defend him because he's our, I just think, you know, I firmly believe he's our guy. I think he needs some time to figure it out, but he needs to, he needs to earn that time. Yeah. And so like, I hope he's able to, you know, and, and starting six and O oh, that's going to earn him time, you know? And like, there's, there's a hundred ways he can keep his job this year, you know? And it's like, it's just, you got, you know, you beat Wisconsin or not. You, you can even like lose a couple of the early ones. And then if you finish, beating Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa, keep your job. You know, it's like there's so many iterations, but it, like, irks me that you're like, but is he thinking of – you know, it's like, does it spiral? <laughs> um, well, that's that's his job not to let it spiral. And, you yeah, know, that's and his job. And But that's – it's like, I guess you're, you're five. If you can't beat Indiana, you know, what gives us any confidence that year eight's going to mm-hmm. happen? You know, like, you got to be – you got to be stupid in the head to think that, like – in year eight or year nine, it's going to be any difference. Like year five, you have all your players. You handpicked all of them. You handpicked your coaches. It's like you got to turn the corner. And, you know, I think he will. It's just like, you know, you can't not think about all of these, like, just disastrous meltdowns over the last four years. Well, and that's – I think at the end of the day, that's why if someone sat there and said, you know, I think about all those disasters the last four years. You know, Honky, you, you laid it out perfect, Honky. Uh, he has a losing record to Purdue and Minnesota and Northwestern Illinois. Why is any of that going to change? Have you not paid attention to the last 10 months? There have been some changes. That's the whole point of there have been 35 different players and there's and really active in the, the transfer portal, the coaching staff. But what we're kind of counting on is a combination of uh, – uh, a nicer start to the season than what we've had in the past to married with the fact that we really like the upgrades and and I'm not calling them changes. They're upgrades. We feel like we've made upgrades across the board with the coaching staff. We feel like we've made upgrades at, at player positions. We're counting on some things to come together and, and that's, I am counting on some things to come together, but I, I don't think it's well. And as we're seeing with some of the national people, and it's not just Brett McMurphy ranking us. I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I'm not sure if that's trolling us, but but there's other guys. There's there are you know the college football ma- uh, professor in Matrix. We had them on a couple of weeks, months ago, and they've got us at eight and four. Vegas, Vegas zero like this. But Vegas has us at seven and five. Yeah, and uh, we're the over under. Over under is like seven and a half, right? Yeah, yeah. seven and a half. And um, you know, so Vegas. You know, point is there's there are reasons that people think that this team is is going to take that next step. Uh, they just got to prove it. Yeah, I I, I feel. I mean. I feel like the pieces are in place to, to, to make that, you know, the leap that we thought, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you thought that was just what I tweeted. I tweeted earlier about the Frost second year when we were like dark horse 
national champion and Dan Orlovsky said we were going to be like in the playoff and like, you know, we'd won, we went four, four and two, those last six games of year one. And so you're like, all right, year two is going to be the jump in life. Mm-hmm. And you're like, year three is going to be the jump. But I, I, I will say I, I genuinely feel different about this year than I did last year. Last year, I like had to manufacture a lot of the Kool-Aid that was like, I, it's just, I, I, I vividly remember going into last year. I feel like we talked about this where it's like, mm-hmm. God, I don't know. Like, is Adrian ever going to turn it around? Like, and the schedule was terrible. And like the team just wasn't that good uh on the offensive side of the ball we just like i you know just didn't feel right but this one is like i don't know it's like man if trey palmer lives up to the billing if casey thompson lives up to his Mm -hmm. billing if like you know i was like going deep on anthony grant yesterday like he's a three-year thousand yard rusher he's no joke and like again again dave you're not you're not just alone in in some kool-aid drinking world where you're like you know what did i see last year i thought we'd do better go and listen to joel clatt the guy's He's a smart dude. Go listen to Joel Klatt after the Oklahoma game last year, which he did for Fox. Um, he was like, this Nebraska team, I saw something out of them. I know they're two and two right now, but watch these guys. These guys, that they, they're going to make a bowl game. These guys are going to – I mean, he saw things that, you know, this is going to be what that team's going to do, that this team's going get, to get it going. And the next week we go on the road to, to Michigan State, and they're ranked and undefeated and everything, and we've got total control over that game, at least defensively. They only had 13 yards in the second half. And then we punt to the wrong side and mistakes. Hey, yeah. have we said that before? And, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we, you cut those out, you play clean football. Frost has to get his team to play clean football. If we do that, I'm not putting any ceiling on it. The, the thing that we always see, you, you know, Twitter as well as anyone, Twitter loves a ceiling and a floor. What's the ceiling? What's the floor? Ceiling is 12 and 0 to me. And yeah. until I see otherwise, it's 12 and 0. The floor is 0 and 12. We had, we had uh, JoJo's dad on, and and it was right before the uh, the uh, the draft, and asked him the question like, you know, where do you think JoJo is going to go? And this guy's an NFL agent, so he is as you know, he, he's seen it all, right? And he goes, well, everyone's told us that he can go in the third round. We know which teams can take him in the third round, and then the floor is the sixth round. That's what we're told by all these. Te- the floor is the sixth round, and then he goes, and the reality is, the floor is actually not getting drafted because yeah. he's just seen it too many times, right? So. Um, and where did he end up going? Not getting drafted. Where is yeah. he at right now? He's playing with the second team with the Colts and and is a uh, you know preseason kind of star there and hopefully has a good chance to make the team and hopefully he does. Uh, that's where I'd say w- where we are right now. I mean, if I you know sure if I want to get realistic, fine. We're ten and two to six and six and somewhere in between. But but in reality, make the mistakes. We can be worse than six and six. Don't make the mistakes. Play clean football. There's no one on this team on this schedule that I look at and say we can't beat them. So yeah, it'll at least be fun and different, right? I think yeah. that's a like. I, I was like, I, I was the biggest Adrian fan for the longest time. I mm-hmm. just like, I think last year kind of broke me on him a little bit. Of you know, I I thought he was an electric talent. I think he's you know he had a, I think he had a great arm. I think he had electric legs, but he's you know he's about the least clutch athlete like I've ever seen. Yeah. I've and seen so some like, K-State, I've seen some K-State fans like, you know, at, at just even today on Twitter attacking us like, you know, there's going to be this some, somehow this big rivalry between us and K-State, which we don't play them. Yeah. But uh, I think it was partially to do with that one uh, Fox poll that, that K-State beat us on. But it was like, oh, well, you guys are still mad that, that these guys, we have Warner and Hannes and, <laughs> and, and Martinez. And I, I responded to the one guy and I was just like, I'm, I'm, I wish all three of them well. I'm actually, 
there's no no hatred here. I, I'll root for those guys right now this year. I hope water, Adrian water stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope I hope those guys. I never wish poorly for players. I I hope I hope individually those guys have good seasons. You know, and 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 everything. I I have no problem with with any of those guys. I'm I think sometimes change can be good for people, and and in those cases, I think those are changes that everyone wins in the end hopefully K-State yeah i think i mean look it'll be fascinating from it, it, i think it's gonna be fascinating i will be following k-state closely because i do think it's a fascinating mm-hmm. uh I, I do think it's a fascinating like thing because you know one of the things you talk about is like did did we break adrian right like is, is the reason that like you know he took a safety against minnesota because he was so jacked in the head from for deuce goers you know it's like did we break him like our in, in every game winning drive all nine of those games that we had in the game winning drive did was the offensive line terrible we don't have the right weapons the right coaching the right like did we break him and if he goes to k state and he goes like 10 and 2 and you're like and he's leading game winning drives that's going to be a huge indictment on a program i don't think it's going to happen yeah it'll be a huge indictment on the previous program hopefully uh uh coinciding with that 10 and two K state well, Nebraska going to two with, with yeah, which is exactly right. I guess I, I just find that that part will be interesting is I just, mm-hmm. you know, athletes, like athletes either have it or they don't. And mm-hmm. Adrian has that it factor to be phenomenal, but he does not have that clutch gene that we need that Tommy Frazier mm-hmm. and Scott Frost and Eric Crouch and like Lawrence Phillips, all these guys on and on and on have, mm-hmm. um, oh, and then have had, you, you can see it. Like, and everybody in the stadium can see it. And, like, you can see the, the tenseness and the tightening up and the, the Michigan fumble and the Minnesota safety mm. and the interceptions at Iowa. And it's like, you know, there's a hundred examples. Um, so I think that's where, like, this this will be fun. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I think I guess, like, to me that this will at least be fun because it's new, right? It's like yeah. we get to see a new quarterback. We get to see a new running back, new wide receivers. Like, the defense is strong. Chenander's a phenomenal defensive coordinator. Um, I, I, it'll be fun to see what happens. And yeah, it's going to be a wild ride. It's truly going to be this, like, like it is every year. It's like the range of emotions. But I, one of the other things I was thinking about too is Frost season, every season Frost has had has been like, he's, he like always gets like punched in the teeth with something ridiculous, you know? And mm-hmm. so you, I, it's like, I wonder what that's going to be, you know, like the game that was canceled because of the flood COVID canceled season. Yeah. Then like the other game, the other, like what year two had another canceled game, like, He's he's just had the weirdest four years ever, like a yeah, COVID year had, with three canceled games and all this stuff. He even had like, a canceled game his second season at UCF with a with a hurricane. Everything is that just one, been, yeah, hurricane yeah. flooding, COVID canceled season, all of this weird stuff. COVID years cancellations, and so last now year like, last year was going to be Illinois in North, in uh, Ireland. That doesn't happen. Then all of a sudden we get rid of the game that was the next week, or we get a game the next week. Yeah, you know, like the or whatever thing, so, and like there, there. So I don't know. I, I guess that 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 to me is like kind of fits into the category of every year he always goes in is like we've never had the chance to like build momentum mm-hmm. in the early, and that, he says that every year. I didn't have the chance to beat Akron and build momentum. I didn't have that, you know, COVID canceled September and we didn't start until October. So I didn't have a chance to build. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, here it is. You know, you've got four straight games and I, I put Oklahoma in that winnable category. You can't like, you have six games to wait, like build some momentum. That's like, now's your chance. But at the same time, if you do get punched in the face, mm-hmm. can you finally like find some resilience and like get your team rallied around it and like actually execute, you know, it's just yeah. like. And in, in, <laughs> year, in year two, of uh of the era uh when we were up 17 nothing at half at colorado and i'm i'm one of the rob and i were 
amongst the 30 some thousand Nebraska fans that, that made the trek and just took over um, for uh, for field. And that was one of those games that, you know, when, when, when he says we didn't have a chance to build momentum, we had every chance there. We, we, we blew it, we blew it there. And that yeah. would have been some momentum getting built, but, um, but 100% to your point there, what I like about this conversation, I mean, not, not I mean, it's excitement. We're not, this is not apathy. And, I'm sure you see some of this on Twitter and I definitely see it in our inbox and our DMS and everything. I love the fan. When something bad happens, we get the, just like Rob writes in 20, 28 exclamation points in all caps that I'm so tired of this. I'm, you know, I'm apathetic. I don't care anymore. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're a lot of things. You're, you're frustrated. You're, you're ticked off, but you're not apathetic. You're the opposite of apathetic because apathy is, is the fan that goes, Oh, we played today. Well, Ooh, and I was there a I game? I, I didn't I've even know. That. That's that's apathy. I've, I've I don't had see a tipping that point. <laughs> I've had that tipping point with multiple coaches, and and so mm-hmm. I guess there's like an element of me of like I'll know when I know when the frost era is like over, yeah. type thing, right? And like I didn't have that last year, even though we went three and nine, and it was like a brutal season. Um, you know, I think I I was probably aligned with like we need to make some changes, but it was like I was at the Iowa game, and it was like this is a good football team. You know, and I like the Mike Riley year, like that last year, it was like, mm. you know, the last five games, I was like, I don't even know if I can watch this, you know, and like the, the, the Bo Pelini got so contentious at the end that it was like, I don't even know if I can watch this. And like, you know, that Iowa game that we won mm. and he was like, you guys are all cheering against us. And like, that thing was like, th- there was apathy with each of those. That was like, mm. I, I hit a point where it was like, I could go either way. We could bring him back or like, or not. And yeah, I think we, with Frost, I'm not there yet. Like, you, can, he can easily get me there this year. You know, mm-hmm. you can easily, like, very easily get me there by, like, you lose to Indiana and be like, all right, Scott. Like, yeah, I yeah, did every, right. I, I did everything I could to defend you. But, like, that was a good team last year. I think this is a good team this year. So, I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking we're going to get there. Like, we're not getting, you know, you lose, you know, you're getting obliterated like Callahan was or like Riley was and, like, a lot of the Bo Leakey games. Like you're saying, it's like, we're not losing 77 to 10. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. Dave, I, you know what I love about this right now? We've got more listeners and watch, viewers right now watching now than we did at the beginning. So an hour right. and 18 minutes in, <laughs> we've got more people than, than even at the start. And thank you, every single one of you fan formers, redcasters out there that are watching this. And what I like about the discussion that we're having is that I, I get called Kool-Aid guy and optimistic guy, and that's fine. Rob is sitting on the back here right now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some props out to Rob. Rob plays the stick of 15-0. and 0. Dave, you with Husk guys, you, you know, we're the off-season champs and everything. We're the Kool-Aid guys, right? And and all, that's that's all you Husker fans are. It's just Kool-Aid. Everything's good. Anyone that really cares to watch this and listen to what we've been talking about, this is – we're critiquing our team. We're talking about where, where things need to improve and what's negative and what – and when Rob and I have had actual real football talks that aren't just about 15-0 and 0 stuff, Rob's got a great handle on this. Rob knows what he's talking about. Rob had a pretty good read, actually. He was at that Colorado game in 2019. He had a pretty good read on, on Martinez, as it turned out, at that time. He was a little quicker than I was to it. But the point, ah. is, the point is, we are optimistic fans. We are not sitting here. The last thing we're sitting here doing is, is saying that Nebraska can't do it this year. We're, we're saying these are the things that we're tired of seeing. These are the things that need to happen. But we absolutely have a belief that it can happen this season. Absolutely can. We the parts need to come together. The coaching needs to come together and it has to start against Northwestern. But uh, I, I'm, I'm as excited about Nebraska football, the absolute opposite of apathetic. I am as excited about Husker football right now as I've been at any point in recent memory. 
Yeah. And it's, it's because of the changes. I, I give a lot of credit to Trev too. I think Trev is, Trev is weathered, you know, last October was rough when we were going three and five, three and six, three and seven, three and eight. I think we've weathered that well. And I, I think some really good things are to come here. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Some of it's interesting. So it's like, if I, if I was like Rob and I had some more objectivity, I probably would have seen that in 2019 too. I guess I just like, when you see the the sparks of athleticism that he had, you're like, maybe he can learn to finish a game. So, you know, there's certain elements of that where you're like, okay, like, you know, and I think Casey Thompson's got that it factor. You know, I think there's like, I actually was listening to Nick Ba, who I really like a lot. um, Mm -hmm. And him and Rude were kind of going into it. And, oh, Abby's on the house. Yeah. Oh, Abby. He he threw me off a little bit because he he asked the question. He's like, are our quarterbacks going to be any good? And I guess I've been like chugging like Casey Thompson Kool-Aid because I've exclusively been watching all of his like touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you watch highlights, it's always. Yeah. So he like, uh, I, I was, I exclusively watch his highlights and he has some of the best highlights. Like the, his Texas Oklahoma highlights are some of the best highlights like I've ever seen that had the, you know, the six touchdowns against Kansas. He's electric when he's like, and then I kind of like Nick by like got in my head and I like started looking mm-hmm. at his stats and I was like, oh, I, I guess he did only complete. 60 to one or 62 percent of his passes and he did throw like adrian had nine interceptions but or had 10 and he had nine so it's like oh wait like okay and like you know he didn't win the texas job so like there's definitely like a little bit of that creeping in that you're kind of like oh wait i've been like blindly thinking casey thompson is just going to be objectively so much better than adrian in every facet of the game and i do think i i do think he's an electric passer and he has like one of the strongest mm-hmm. arms we've had on campus since I don't know, mm-hmm. I guess like Tanner Lee type, like, I, you know, Tommy, like that, you know, Adrian just wasn't a passer. He's an electric runner, but he wasn't, he couldn't complete a screen pass to save his life, you know, and he couldn't complete mm-hmm. a dump pass to save his life. And what, I think you put up a highlight like the other day that like, you know, it's third and six and he overthrew the tight end by like a hundred miles. And he's like, <laughs> oh my God, like. Yeah. And, you know, part of this here is, Oh gosh, I'm losing my my train of thought on this one here. With the, keep talking for a second with the. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I I think there's like that, that's what it's just so fascinating about like you know I, I think Chubba Purdy's probably the other one that's gonna be pretty good, but um there there's just there isn't enough like game footage for these guys. It's like I guess the train of thought I was on was like I think Casey's awesome, but I've only watched his like electric highlights, and I've only like I, I've watched Trey Palmer return that kick at LSU like a hundred times, but he also wasn't like their number one wide receiver else he probably would have stayed there so like there's elements of like these guys are electric but also like how are yeah. they going to do with whipple and like you know like <laughs> whipple is awesome at pit but i also like i was just watching kenny pickett like he's an elite talent you know his case and, t- and it took like, him three years to get pickett to that point yeah i you know i think um one of the things is this is a team when you have as much change as there is it's and frost has said this multiple times how they bond together is going to be the difference between a team, you know, reaching all of its goals or not, right? That there's a chance if you think of it this way, Casey Thompson last year loses to Oklahoma or loses to Texas. Yeah. Jeez, loses to Oklahoma. My goodness. At Texas. Losing my brain. <laughs> um, but he puts up what six or seven touchdowns in it. They yeah. put up 40 some points and they lose. They lose to Kansas but he has seven touchdowns in the game done, did everything he could possibly do. Right. So there's two losses 
And and they had more losses than just those those two like this. The defense let him down time and again. So he came here as a losing quarterback last year. He didn't have a winning record, and yet he he needs a defense. He needs O'Shawn and and Nelson and those guys to step up and win a game for him the way that his team couldn't last year. Our defense, Nelson and Tanner and those guys, need a quarterback to make a clutch play at the end of the game to win a game. And imagine we're 3-0. and Imagine we're playing Oklahoma, and it's coming down to the fourth quarter, and it's the last drive, and Casey Thompson makes that one com- that one completion. Yeah. We score a touchdown. We get ahead. Now the defense comes onto the field, and if it's Texas's defense last year, they just let Oklahoma down the field to, to win it? No, imagine Oshan making a play and, and ending the game. And imagine the bond that, that grows between these guys where you're like, where you're like, that's what I was, I was missing what you guys gave me last year. That's, that's when that team gets together and gels like that, that we need moments like that. We need moments where where they come together and, and, uh, and, and offense helps defense, defense helps offense, special teams wins a game. Oh my gosh. Goodness. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, you're spot on on so many levels. And I think, you know, I think that, um, again, stealing from like the Nick Bosch show, but like they talked about how like, you know, and this, this is kind of combining what we're talking about. Like is Casey Thompson, Tommy Frazier. He's not, you know, and he, he's not Scott Frost, but is he, um, the question that they ask is like, can he at least like, he can win games. Like he can not like, or like not lose games is maybe the way that, that he phrased it with, uh, with rude. And I think that's probably like an interesting, cause I think, you know, yeah, you're you're bringing in a quarterback who wasn't, you know, he wasn't a national champion winning quarterback. He's very extremely talented, but like you're almost looking for like, okay, when you do screw up, is it ideally not on the last drive of the game? Because that was like, all, you know, Adrian fumbled like 42 times in four years. It's like the stat, 42 times in four years. That's insane. But almost all of them were like the Michigan game when you're tied <laughs> and you're like on a game winning drive and you just don't hang on to the ball because you thought the whistle blew and you're just like. It's like if you just take those out and take out the Minnesota safety and you take out the, like, can he just manage the game to the point that O'Shawn can win us a game? And to put in perspective as a quarterback how important turnovers or not having turnovers is, I, I'll go back to 1995. Osborne, the whole offseason, Berenger and Frazier are in a battle going into their, their fourth years, their That's senior right. seasons, and it came down to, well, who's the starter? And it came down to one extra turnover in a scrimmage in practice yeah in practice and that and and osborne's grading every one of those because turning the ball over is a big deal you watch that 94 or the 95 orange bowl osborne's first national championship what takes frazier off the field right away an interception what puts him back on the field beringer throws an interception a turnover is a big deal and quarterbacks need to not do that. And it, it's that important. It's it's to that extent. And so your point there about, about Martinez and the thing that was maddening for so many years is that you saw the talent. I mean, I love the talent. There was an elite runner at times, and I loved a lot some of the option stuff that we could do with him. I wish we would have done more with it. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter because there wasn't – you couldn't put up enough yards without to, – to overcome the mistakes. And, uh, you know, I've said it before, too, we had a 105-yard uh, – possession one time against Wisconsin scored nothing put up 105 yards in one possession scored went further than the length of the field is and came away with zero points um there's a lot of reasons behind all that that's the inefficiency of stuff but that's the stuff that has to end we need to take points when we can get points Whipple said that in in a press conference this year too he's like he's like I want to score a touchdown every drive but if we can't you kick three 
You yeah. do that against Michigan last year, you're up three, nothing. And you give the Wolverines their first uh, deficit of the season, but we didn't, we go for it on fourth. And some of the reasons we'd go for it was because we didn't have consistent kicking, but I'm very good. I feel great about our kicking right now, partially because I think Frost feels really good about our kicking right now. I'd like to, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to get to the point where I don't think about kick. Yeah. Like, we never hate, used to. I hate that we're talking about it. Like, I don't even want to, like, I don't even want to bring it up. Like, I want to talk about the defense and the offense and the fact that we, like, you spent, like, half of your podcast last year just being like, what do we got to do to punt the ball straight? You know, it's just like, what uh, What do we got to do to punt the ball straight? It's straight. like, what is, what is happening? Are these Division One athletes? Or are these, like, did we find them, you know, just, like, hanging out down the street? It's like, how, how can a Division One athlete not punt straight? You know, and like, oh, do you, do you think do you think Culp's going to make all his PATs? Like, what? How is this the content that we're talking about? Like, <laughs> that's the stuff that's that's the stuff that's going to break me. Is like, ah, yeah, you know, he's only had three or four shanked punts this year. Like, oh my god, is it is he a D one athlete? Like, <laughs> take his scholarship. What is happening? We said it. We said it about running back. We could say it about quarterback. We could say it about any position. Consistency. The same punter that shanked a seven yard kick against Michigan state last year so that we put the other punter on the field to kick it to the wrong side. But the reason he kicked it to the wrong side was the first guy shanked it seven yards. And then the next week he comes or he shanked it 12 yards because the next week he came out and kicked it seven times further, 84 yards against Northwestern. And you sit there and you go consistency. I'll take consistency over highs and lows any day. I just like Martinez to give you some of the highest highs, but man, that the the lowest lows, the inconsistency of play, I want consistency. Half it's just like being an athlete, though. You're just like, it's embarrassing. You know, you're like, it's like, and that's what I kind of love about Bush is he's throwing like, he's got Ramir Johnson on kickoff. I'm like, yeah, yeah. do it. Did, like, did you say Palmer should be, put Casey Thompson on kickoff, put them all on there. It's like, give me your best athlete. Put Omar Manning out there. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he like, that guy can't like string together two practices apparently, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, like put the best athletes on there and have athletes like best athletes make plays. And that's like, it's like one of Saban's like hottest or who's the guy who's like always saying like, you can't out coach bad talent. Like we have great talent, but put them on the field. We're relying Mm -hmm. on, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. Only like walk-ons can play on the kickoff team. Like that, put the dudes out there. Sipple had a, had a tweet, you know, coming out of a practice about uh, Joseph kind of calling out some of his players. And he's like, this is exactly what we need. We need that. Um, go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, use Redcast and get, get $10 off your, your Hail Varsity uh, subscription. But on the Hail Varsity at the practice that they had a week ago on the Hail Varsity notes, one of the notes they took was Bill Bush running out there on the field when the, I don't think it was the first string punter, you know, they had multiple punting units going, but one of the punters dropped a snap. And I almost feel like Bush wanted to see that. Like you want a mistake, at some point, and I've coached in the past, and I don't care what level it is. When you coach, you, you you think differently. You want to see certain things happen. You want teachable moments. And I almost think there's a point where, where Bush is sitting there going, I hope one of these punters drops one because I want to show them at, the, at that moment, Bush runs onto the field, screams at him that every rep counts. This is not going to be tolerated. Yeah. And you almost don't want perfect practices. I know, I know Husker Nation on Twitter, we, you know, oh my God, this guy dropped a pass and there's a problem. Maybe there's times where I'm like, you know, I can see, you know, Joseph wants a guy to drop a pass here and there in practice. You want to give some, you want something bad to happen at times, not never injuries or anything, but you want, you want something bad on the field to happen that you can turn around and make into a teachable moment. You want to put guys in pressure in, especially now where you can't just, 
I, I've always been like, take the green jersey off, right? Big physical practices. You can't do all that anymore. I, I get yeah. it. So what you have to do in practices is you have to create practices and structure them in a way where you put so much pressure on the team to give them as close to game feels as you can. And you want guys to screw up at times in practice because those teachable moments, those things, we're going to get better because we need to get better because you're going to see the exact same thing in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, put the athletes on the field, like make the athletes make plays, you know, special teams, offense, defense, whatever it is, just like get them on the field, right? Like we got the talent. I think that's, you know, you like to think that that's the kind of stuff that'll change the game. It's just this like, God, it's like just kills me. All the stuff that's like now coming back is having like our free mm-hmm. safety kick field goals against like Northwestern. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like that, the last 10 years or five years we've had, it's just been like so silly. And you're like, do we have athletes on this team? Have you recruited <laughs> division one athletes? Like division one athletes are the single best, you know, every one of these guys is the best athlete in their high school, sure. in the, if not the best athlete in their entire city. And then they show up here and it's like, I actually, I can't punt anymore. So you wouldn't believe it. You're like, I just can't punt anymore. It's like, no, dude, you're like the best athlete in your entire state. Like punt the ball, figure it out. Like, oh, I figure can't kick out. anymore. Cause there's so much pressure. It's like, no, nah, dude, you are like the best kicker in LSU history. Like get, Figure it out. Like, yeah, kick. you're hoping. Like, what is going what on? What is going like, on? I, I love it. Dude, we've gone an hour and a half, and we could keep going. And and everyone that's been following along, again, thank you so much. This is awesome to have such a, a lively crowd here. Rob, I want to give a chance here, if you can. Is is there one question? Is there something that's been asked that, that we could put up? It would be nice to give one question here. You get to pick it, Rob, whatever whatever it is. Throw up a question, and, and Dave, I'll, I'll, I'll let you get to the answer of it. So. Rob's I got Rob totally off off uh was that, but, was that, like there's a ton of chats going on over yeah, here. We got, let's, uh, let's pick one out. Almost a hundred right now here of chats in this. No. <laughs> what do you say? No. He just wrote no. <laughs> well, I want to give, you know, again, I want to give you know a little bit of a credit here to everyone that's been following along. And hopefully there's been a hi Gavin, thank you for joining us. Do you have what? <laughs> there's there's a chat on the other side that I've yeah, been following. That's the thing. Keep that's going. The thing too is, so there's like I think what's I've gone back through when we get done with these shows now. I've gone back through and looked at the actual how many catches for Ramir Jim in Minnesota. We'll we'll okay we'll answer that one. But but um Ooh. I've gone through these these shows and afterwards I go and look through the chat because I don't I don't know what's going on in the chat right now. That's why Rob is in the back, you know, kind of reading it. And there's like a whole nother world going on during our show. There's people, there's people going back and forth and I, and it's super fun to read them afterwards. So I'm looking forward to this one, but great question. Jim Minnesota, who uh, full disclaimer, Jim and Dave and I have a, we've had a, an ongoing DM boys. thread going for, I don't even know how long it is. So whatever question he's asking us, we probably already discussed a hundred times in that thread, but what do you think there, uh, Dave, Jim's question, how many catches for Ramir? I wish you give an, an over under on it because I have a hard time even like gauging that. Um, I mean, I'd like to say a lot, right? Like, I mean, let's see if we get back into it. Say he has like four to five a game. Yeah. So let's say it's four game. That would be 48 catches over a 12 game season. Do you think 48 catches over or under 48? I think that's a good number. Um, I, it, but it's, I think the hard thing to, to figure out is this offense that I just don't know enough about, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that number sounds good. I'd love to get Ramir the ball as much as possible, like, you know, in space. I think he's electric. And, like, I think if Anthony Grant's as good as they're saying, that's great. But, like, get him the ball in space, get him the ball in, like, in the flat, him, you know, screen pass, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And, and, like, the Michigan game, he clearly saw he can go out for passes. Um, you know, he yeah, can that run wheel those, route, like, the wheel route out of the backfield. 
So, um, but I guess like that, the numbers of how they all break down is like, how many is Trey Palmer going to have? Like how many mm-hmm. is, you know, and like how many is Omar going to have? Like he's, he's kind of been stuck in this like one to three per game. I, I've been saying since he showed up to campus, that we should be throwing 10 balls to, to Omar, you know, every yeah, single Rob, week. Rob's right on the same page with you there. Rob's so I, loved Omar since day one. But well, to, to think about Omar for a second. The, the tweet, I think that Mickey Joseph sent out today that had the, the, the wide receivers with him. And he, and I, he said something there. paraphrasing, yeah. but it was like my guys. And it was, it was his wide receivers with him. Omar's not in the uh, photo, but Ramir is. So, I mean, that kind yeah. of tells you and, and everything. When we talked with Aaron Sorensen last week, she, and we did an offensive breakdown. She pretty much was like, yeah, you know, Ramir at, at, at the very least, she's envisioning Ramir being a 50, 50 running back slash wide receiver. I think there's ways to get two running backs on the field at different times. And it could be Ramirez in a wide receiver slot, or there could be times that maybe we can get Yant and another back and have a big back out there with them and get, you know, th- it's a talented running back room. How do we find ways to get two running backs at a time on the field? The, uh, yeah. And I think, I guess, cause then when you work across it, like, I don't know, I'm okay. If Trey Palmer gets the ball more than Ramirez, I'm okay. If Marcus Washington gets the ball, I'm okay. If Omar gets the ball, I'm okay. If we like dump it to vocal. Like I'm okay. If like Fidel comes out of nowhere and is like mm. back, Right. Get him the ball. Like, so, you know, there's a lot of weapons. That's what makes it kind of like interesting. Um, you know, Bonner all of a sudden is like making a bunch of practices and, or making a bunch of catches in practice. So yeah, there's, it's kind of a loaded question. Cause it's like, I'd like him to get the ball, but I also, I'd be okay. If like, man, what mm-hmm. if like Marks Washington turns, turns into like a 10 catch guy? Like, okay. Well, you want, that. you want to talk about loaded questions, Vegas, Jerry here, beat Iowa or Minnesota. You can only choose one. Yeah. Iowa. I, 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 I can't answer these questions because I'm always Iowa. I'm like, no, we'll just Yeah, you have to beat Iowa. I, I, I like, just, we'll, but we'll beat both. I, I can't yeah. I can't say like you know. But they, they, I mean yes, it's it's gotta be Iowa. If for nothing else, how freaking insufferable they are as like a fan base and how like you can't really say anything to them because they beat seven what, seven straight times, six straight times. Like it's hard to like go back and forth with any of them, any fan on, on Twitter or in person or anything, they own the upper hand and I think like until you flip like Minnesota, I don't know. Those fans don't bother me. They're like just nice, and they're up there like you know, snow fishing well, and stuff. Vegas like, Jerry is from Minnesota, though. So I th- and and there's and well, Jim in Minnesota. There's a number of fans, Husker fans that are in, you know, displaced all around the the, the country. And so I think it's like whoever you're around a lot too. And the, the Minnesota yeah. guys I've talked to, they seem to God, they hate Fleck, right? I don't really. I, I guess I'm weird here. Fleck doesn't. I saw that. I mean, Fleck, I don't, Fleck I don't like Fleck. Fleck. I just want to beat him, but I don't like, I, I don't hate I him hate the way him. I see some people hate him. Oh, I hate him. I hate like every fiber on that guy's body, but the, <laughs> with every fiber in my body, I hate every fiber on his body. Like all of it. Like I'm way different than you. I'm like way more antagonistic than you are. I, I but I will that. say I'm, I'm indifferent towards their fan base because I don't think they have real fans. Like, mm-hmm. I think they're just like, I don't know. I think they're like, Oh man, cool. We got a football team. Like, I just don't think they have any real fans, but I think Iowa does. I, th- I, did, I think Iowa has passionate fans, and that's a real like. But we got to beat them. And you to, grew like, up in Omaha any, too, so I mean, yeah, like, you got to have, to, Omaha, you, to have right any kind of like upper hand on Iowa and anything. You got to beat them. Uh, and Minnesota, I don't know. It's like I would. I hate losing to Minnesota, but I also am like they, we, they're we, they're not even a real football. They're not a school. I don't know. We just went for an hour and forty minutes here. And and we could go so much longer. And I, and I love the passion we both have. You and I are very opposite fans in some ways in how we how we fan or how we're different. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I mean, like the passions right there. I, I I love bouncing stuff off of you. It was a week ago. I, I posted something that was just like, you know, again in my world trying to be viral. I was like, hey, 
um, say something really nice about an opponent. You know, the team you hate the most, say something nice about it. And I, I was like, Dave, what do you think? He goes, you go, I hate every team. I hate everything about every, every team. Every every team. team. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, that's like the, you know, I, like I'm an unbelievably competitive person, like to a fault. Like, I, mm. I mean, you know, I think there's in that that's extends to Nebraska. It extends to like, I mean, I'll go for a jog around the park. And if there's somebody like running next to me, I will have to beat them. Mm. And there's just like a deep burning, like competitive fire inside of me. But like that extends to, you know, this kind of stuff. I like on the field, I hate every team in the big 10. I hate every team in the big 12. I yeah. still hate Texas. Like I still, I still see burnt orange and I like hate that person. Eventually like I'm, I'm a, a very personable, like nice human. Like I can yeah. like, I can talk to them, but on the field for that, like that time period, I absolutely hate everything about them. You can't meet Minnesota fans if they don't exist, says Jeremy. Um, (laughs) You know, the the thing is, like, I I love the pageantry of college football. And that's the thing that, like, brings me together with fans from all over. Like, I can sit there and uh, I I love going to away games and and, and talk. I'd rather talk with the opponent's fans on an away trip just to – I love the whole environment of that. But you get to game day and where I am absolute I mean, this is the part where I'm like, I'm very proud of how I act right now and all this. I get to game days, man. And I, I am everything you just said for those three hours during it and the, and the, you know, the hour leading up to it and a couple hours after. I mean, I need a cooling off period. It's just no, the way it's I, bad. yeah, it's, it's, it's the way I'm, and it's a and lot harder it, with them. Um, it's all packed I, into a very short period of time for me. But like right now during this offseason stuff, this is where I love college football. I love interacting with people and I, 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 I love just the pageantry of college football. I think um, I've struggled a lot. Is this like now? Can we get like really candid on this podcast? Sure. Yeah, we're, we're an hour forty in. <laughs> this is now redcast after dark. Anyone is still like time. listening? I'm so impressed. People are listening. Oh, we've got, got a good. A good we've fun. got a good crowd. Yeah. So thank you for sticking around, folks. No, I think the um, the kid part makes it interesting. I got three kids now, as I said. Um, that part becomes really hard because it's really hard for me to turn it on and off, you know, and like be a good role model for my kids as I like throw shit at the, the shoot. Actually, I swear on this thing as I throw stuff at the, like the TV and stuff, you know, my son's just like, what's wrong with you? And you're like, ah, like it's hard to explain. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry for the language. It's hard to explain like, you know, the decades long frustration, of this team, you know, and like my kids are so innocent. They just ask questions. Like, why do you watch this thing when it's like, all you do is get frustrated. Like, that's a hard question to answer, you know, and like, it's like, I, Yo, Max I, said I, that. I also think about like, you know, will they be good in their lifetime? Like, please be good for my son so he can have the yes. joy that I feel so that he doesn't just think I just watch this team and then I'm miserable the rest of the day, which I am, you know, mm-hmm. and then like, how do you dad when you're miserable? And he's like, why do you watch this team anymore? And it's like, because I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Max said that he was on the show, you know, a couple weeks ago and Mac was like, he, he made reference to how his kids have said to him, why do you get so mad dad we lose all the time because that's all at their age that's all they've seen so why are you why are you still so mad and i guess again this is the this is the beauty of being a husker fan of especially of our age it doesn't matter how often we lose we're not going away we're going to keep this thing going we're going to keep you know we're a blue blood the fan base is going to keep this thing going it's no matter how frustrating it is um but once you've seen it once you once you've experienced the wins it is and, and I guess this is the the old joke against Iowa, right? You know, you, you haven't won any of the, the titles. You haven't won the championships. The the, the trophy is ba- trophy room is bare. Whether you've beaten us seven straight times or not, big deal. You're not the only team to have done that. Yeah. Um, once you've won those titles, once you've won at that, that kind of clip and you've experienced it, 
expectations are that we can always get back to being that. My expectation isn't that we're going to be 60 and three every five years. That's only happened five years, one time at Nebraska. That's a ridiculous expectation for any program to be held to. But my expectation is nine wins is still a, a, I think a pretty good target. And, um, but it's more than just winning nine wins. It's more than that. Cause that's what Bo did. It's nine wins, but you're, you're competitive every game. You're a hard out every single game. You represent the program and the state well. That was always the thing with Osborne, even even in loss. I mean, the way that he he represented us um, when Bo would go off and fly off handle on some things, those things weren't productive for us. So we need and, and Scott's had his issues there too. To be fair, we need. Yeah. You're, I want you to represent this pro, this state well. I want you to to put together a tough nosed team that that teams are going to feel the week after that. I want to see smart football, clean football. If you do that. You're going to win eight, nine games a year. And if you have a really talented team, it goes up to 10 and 11. You know, I mean, and that will change from from season to season. But that's what I want to see. I mean, and I want to see that every single year. And there's no reason Nebraska can't do that starting now. Yeah, you just got to win, man. I just want to win. That's what I think that's what we all want. It's like, how do you – and that, like, you know, that's what comes back to, you know, for my kids too. It's like that euphoria that you get from a win it doesn't exist in other parts of your life the way that it does in a team that you truly like, you know, live and die for like that, you know, and that, that, that level of emotion that like sports brings out in you that doesn't come out in your work life, you know, like, you you know, you're not at work and you're like, yes, 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 no, no, no. Like that doesn't exist in like, you know, your day-to-day life and like that kind of, you know, euphoria and joy and like the highs and lows and despair that sports bring out. It's like, you know, and to, and to have a team that you love like that, I think is, um, you know, I guess that's what's like, that's probably the existential aspect of all this is like, I hope my kids, you know, are able to experience some sort of a highs so they can appreciate why I love it. As opposed to like, God, if we just keep doing last year, it's like, whew, it's like, they're just gonna be like, what are you doing? Why are we watching this? Like so bad. And like, yeah, I don't know. I got a buddy of mine is, um, is uh, he married in like an Oklahoma family. That's like a harder one. Right. Cause that's like, that's then you got the pull of like, nah, you know, I'm just going to be an Oklahoma fan. Cause like, you know, your kids being like, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to go cheer for like that team. And you're like, no, cheer for my team. It's like, nah, we lose. It's like, no, <laughs> yep. stay focused. <laughs> well, Redcasters, fan formers, whatever we're calling you on this, uh, you guys got twice the fan form tonight. This is a, uh, this is great. I, I have absolutely had a blast. Um, and I think we're probably even going to stick on a little bit after this and probably chat a few more minutes, but, uh, yeah, hour and 45 here, uh, you know, what, 10 days from now game. So we're starting to get warmed up, feeling a little lathered up here. This was this was good. This was a good game. Look, I mean, it's awesome. It's all I think about. I was just probably just going to scroll Twitter all night anyway. So it's good to, like, actually have a humanly conversation. It's good. Uh, I will say, like, my wife gives me, like, such a hard time. She just is like, you have, like, Twitter friends? It's like, yeah, it's sort of hard to explain. I have, like, Twitter friends. She's like, do you, like, meet them in person? Like, not in person. No, just like, you know, online and stuff. It's like, you know, it's like just kind of like a secret society of like psycho Husker fans that follow every single like moment. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's very healthy, very healthy behavior. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, uh, Dave. And and thank you again to everyone that's been following along. Uh, As is tradition on the show, we do our parting shots. And and Dave, I'm going to let you have the floor here. Take us out of here. 
Yeah, I mean, dude, look, we'll start every time where I start and where I always finish this thing. It's like, let's go win, right? Like, like I think it's, it's like you want to have it on the record. Like, I think we're going to win the Big Ten. There, we'll go out with that. It's like, I'm just going to leave it there. I think we're going to win the Big Ten. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Finish it. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Thank you, Vegas Jer. Right there, best show ever. Thank you, Vegas Jer. Thank you, Happy. Thank you, all the – I mean, my goodness, we saw so many people that were – putting in the comments there. This was awesome. This is a ton of fun. Gives us a lot of energy to want to turn around and keep doing this and be content creators. Until the next time, just remember, Redcasters, you too could be the next one to join us on the forum. Hoda Media Production.